Greetings. Hello and welcome. The archival recording you are about to hear was sourced from live streaming audio in an effort to expand content reach. I have decided to repurpose the show as an audio podcast. I have done my best to remaster the audio quality for your ears, but I have chosen to leave its content and length unedited. So you may hear reference to visual cues not described in said audio. If you'd like to see the original live streaming video podcast this recording comes from, please head over to youtube.com slash C slash from us films, LLC, or just search from us F R U M E S S. And don't forget to like share and subscribe audio from episode to episode will also vary in quality. Sorry about that. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Jeff from us. Can any of you guess what I am doing right now? What theme what theme is that from? Is it from a zombie movie? Yes. <laughs> uh Eternal Living Dead? Uh no. Okay. Dun 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 I thought it was pretty obvious, no? Dawn of the Dead? Dawn of the Dead. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. To, yeah. to be fair, it's you're you're singing it. I just singing an yeah. instrumental song. <laughs> <laughs> you're making me and Nate look like we've never seen Come Dawn on, guys. <laughs> what you don't know Dawn of the Dead? Come on. What's a zombie movie? Yeah. Come on, man. Like, geez. Uh welcome. Welcome to another episode of Sinful Celluloid. You're going to notice a couple of things are different. We have some differences tonight. For one, there are three of us. Not two. Usually it is myself and our master of ceremonies, Christopher M. Jimenez. However, Chris was not available tonight. He had other uh, engagements, other commitments that he had to fulfill and oversee um, of the musical variety. I don't know how much he would or would not want me to say. I'm sure if you follow Chris, you'll see various photographs of, of where he is right now and we will miss him but the show must go on we had a a sub host um who had to peel out under for understandable reasons um and we hope to have him on the future at some future point as well because he's an awesome dude uh and so i decided why not get the band back together i don't know if you guys realize this there's this there's this podcast called Real <laughs> It's Real 96 podcast. Right? The yeah. Real 96. Yeah, it's the Real 96 podcast. I knew it. And it's the Real 96 podcast. It's by the Genre Blast Film Festival. If you don't know what the Genre Blast Film Festival is, it's one of the best genre film festivals in the entire country. You know why? Because it fosters a wonderful sense of cinematic film community. And last week, we recorded an episode 
uh, of the Frighteners. And it was so much fun. And it just dropped today. And we talked about the Frighteners and we talked about not Frighteners, but things in relevancy to the Frighteners. And I was able to get two out of the three or three out of the four, if you want to include myself, of the band back together tonight. Because I figured if anybody could talk about movies that's not Chris, it's these gentlemen right here. And I'm so pleased to have them on the Sinful Celluloid show, podcast, whatever you want to call it. This is episode number seven. We're talking about zombies, ghouls, and the undead, and whatever paradigms. And I'm going to introduce my players here. We got Bob Rose to the right of me. This Hello. man has his own podcast empire, Thundergrunt. Yep. And they Thank do you. all sorts of stuff, all sorts of various. They do writing, screenplay, podcasts. He's got pot, he's got shrimp nights. That's right. If you enjoy <laughs> if you enjoy eating shrimp cocktail and drinking white wine, then you will love this podcast that will make I don't think we've ever talked about shrimp with shrimp nights. Isn't that like, what shrimp that, night is? That- yeah, but it's never talking about shrimp. That's the point. It's a right. useless name. <laughs> but but shrimp night, but shrimp nights from Tim and Eric, right? No, it's, it's just not. Na- it's just no. It's not shrimp. Shrimp is from Tim and Eric. Shrimp. No. Oh, you thinking of uh, the sh- the yeah the, uh, the the boys with the shrimp and it the wasn't, white that, wine? It, it's not. It wasn't even from that. It's just. Oh uh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's just I needed a name. It's a great a, name for uh, one of my shows on my uh, my podcast is several shows and I needed a name. And right. I just came up with we used to go to shrimp night, me and my friends and just hang out <laughs> while you can eat shrimp. And so that was the name. That was why there's that's the name. It has I love it. Shrimp. I yeah. love it even more now. I love it. I love for when I when I saw it, I always thought of Tim and Eric. Cause I'm thinking yeah, no. night. Uh, but it, it's it's even it's better about hanging out and eating shrimp with your with your with your friends. I love that. We got the Chris's in the comments. Hey, Chris. And hey, Chris, boy, we've been on a roll this week. This is the fourth show we've done this week. Um, so so check out Thunder Grunt, Thunder Thank Grunt you, yeah. and Bob Rose on on everything. It's there's a it's they're on you it's on YouTube and Twitter and Instagram, and we'll do all the the handles and credits and things uh a little bit later on. And then to the bottom of me, we have uh the mastermind, the head mastermind behind the genre blast film festival. He is by the way, I, I should mention too that Bob is a writer, director, editor. He's uh, uh, a star. You know, he does everything. <laughs> he does everything. He can take a lightsaber and stab it into his head and cause green goo to shoot out of his mouth. I've seen him do this. It's incredible. <laughs> I just wanted to point that out. Below me is a writer, director, a, an author. An author, this man is getting himself published in all kinds of novellas and things. It's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful work. Um, he's also a big shot film producer, and he doesn't <laughs> say he's a big shot film producer. I'm calling him a big shot film producer. No, he's for no for real. This dude has um, started his uh, a genre film festival called Genre Blast, and Genre Blast Film Festival has spurned Genre Blast films. They're making movies. They're not just showing movies. They're making movies. They just had a wonderful uh, 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 Indiegogo campaign uh, where they raised money for the budget for an anthology that's based on a a book of anthology stories called Worst Case Scenario. Worst Laid Plans. You were close. Sorry. Worst (laughs) Laid Plans. 
You know me. You know me. I just suck with this shit. I'm terrible. I'm terrible. <laughs> a lot of can, shit to remember. Can you, Nathan? Can you break it down? Break it down for us a little bit, a little bit with more detail than what I'm doing right now as to everything that. Well, well the book is Worst Laid Plans. It is an adaptation. I mean, the movie is an adaptation of that anthology. We picked three or four stories uh, to to film from that book. Um, it's from Grindhouse Press. It's a really cool indie press. Uh, the book is edited by Samantha Koyesnik, my producing partner. Sam. Shout amazing, out to Sam. Amazing writer and director. Amazing. Um, so, yeah, we decided to, I don't know why we decided to do this, but we decided to produce <laughs> the feature film. Uh, it was probably be our last feature film that we produced. <laughs> but, uh, no. but we'll at least say that we had one and one and done. But, uh, no, it's been a pretty great experience so far. All the directors. I mean, Christopher Moore. um, uh, Jeremy Herbert and uh, John Hell have all been really great to work with and their stuff looks so cool so far. So we're really excited to get that out there next year, hitting the festival circuit next year, hopefully getting dis- distribution and all that. So um, at the very least, if you come to Genre Blast, you'll see a screening of Worst Laid Plans. Regardless of where we premiere, we'll have it at Genre Blast for everybody to check out. So um, yeah, it's all vacation horror. I mean, there's like, there's like uh, cave monsters and there's like road trip from hell and there's like uh, theme park abductions it's all kinds of crazy shit in this uh anthology and the great thing is that they're all different there's none of them feel repetitive or samey samey they're all very wildly different stories so yeah i'm excited about uh everybody getting a chance to check that one out so and i'll tell you this about anthologies and i've learned this like or at least this is how i feel an anthology film, the thing that an anthology film needs to be successful, it doesn't necessarily have to tell a good story. It doesn't have to have stars in it. It doesn't have to um, – the thing that it has to do, it doesn't even have to have a lot of gore. There doesn't have to be a lot of sex or something. You know what it has to do right? It has to have something fresh and new, unique from story to story to story, something unique and memorable will make any anthology film like feel awesome and it sounds like you have three no matter what that you have three fresh really original ideas and i can't wait to see what they look like on the big screen that's what that's what makes me love anthology horror so much is that it's you're seeing something different new in a short period of time like you know every 30 minutes or 20 minutes or 15 minutes depending on how many stories there are and it's just i love it oh with a theme this you know like vacation like yes. it's different but it's still got a theme it's still, you know. yes that yeah. too and that's another thing that's very important to some anthologies not all of them but some, the, a theme with an anthology too really just as enlightens it so check out worst laid plans and uh, keep 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 your tabs on the genre blast ecosystem for all the awesome things that are coming next year with that out of the way and we'll go back we'll plug handles we'll put it in the the link links in the comments in the description below but with that all out of the way we are here tonight to talk about zombies ghouls and the undead generally the dead that's what we think about not the grateful dead not the dead 3.0 not dead and company we're not talking about music. We're talking right. about creatures that rise from beyond the grave. And, you know, technically, are vampires also the undead? Yes, but we already did a vampire episode. So we're not here to talk about vampires tonight. We, we are going to keep it within the realm of these things. And you got a bunch of different types of creatures. You got your revenants. You got your zombies. You got your ghouls. You got your just general 
undead sort of people that don't really fall into any of those things. Typically, the rule of thumb is a zombie eats people, eats people who are living, and a ghoul eats people who are dead. And, Question: Are yeah, sicko, go ahead. Are sickos counted in this? Sickos. Sickos, as in Robert Rodriguez's term for what is in Planet Terror or what is in um, Twenty Eight Days Later, as in Ooh, good people point. who are infected but still have like a work. They're not actually dead, but they're 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 they have a working system of organs that are still functioning they're alive you can, you, yes you can kill you could kill those zombies by shooting them in the heart still right like uh, they're still yes. alive and they can be killed like a normal human i would say that they fall under the realm of zombies because zombies here's the thing and this is uh this is a hot take for you right now the the viral zombie the viral outbreak victim in 28 days later is still technically a zombie because they're just controversial. A, it's very controversial. They're rage, they're rage-filled zombies. In the classical term of a zombie, is like you know a mindless sort of enslaved being to you know one basic urge or purpose of some kind. Usually that of a master, but in this case, it's chaos. But I would say that they still fall under zombie because. Yeah. They are because zombies are, are technically living beings, I just, or at least the original version. I like the difference though that, like, in 28 Days Later, you can never have the uh, like, sir, like the a corner table zombie from Return of the Living Dead because that can't happen. That zombie right. would that would just be dead flesh, like, huh. but in Return of the Living Dead, there's almost nothing to that zombie left and it's still alive, right? You, know? and you can't that wouldn't happen in like Planet Terror, you can't do that, right. Yeah, are sickos? Th- those are those are I forget it. Those those are contagion based. Yes, as well. Yeah, I mean, twenty eight yeah, like, days like later, crazies, or yeah, twenty eight yeah. days later, or something like that. I right. call, I said sickos just because Rob Rodriguez called them that, but it might have a different term. I I think they, I think they all count, and I think that um, I I think that there's just so many different varieties, and then you have different you have different levels of. Of zombies, like within the zombie, you have the dead zombie, which George Romero confusingly calls a ghoul, which is separate from what an actual ghoul is. As we said, a ghoul is technically it's a some people say it's a supernatural creature. Others, it's a dead creature, but it's a creature that has the ability to think. And as I said, eats the dead flesh. My mind, when you say ghoul, instantly goes like Renfield. That's right. That's where my mind goes. Okay. When that word is said. Is he considered a ghoul in Dracula? I thought so, isn't he? Or or I, like the helper guy in Fright Night? Yeah. He's more like a well, Evil Ed is actually like they turn he gets turned into like a vampire though, right? So Yeah, Evil no, Ed's a vampire. No, no. I didn't mean Evil Ed, I meant the guy helping yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know the guy that melts goes green. Yeah, turns turns into green goo. Isn't he a ghoul? Yeah, yeah, he's a ghoul. I don't yeah, know. If I, Renfield, I think was. Renfield is just like a familiar, basically, right? He's just he's still he's a familiar. Yeah, and so is that guy, the the guy oh, who turns into green goo. goo. Um, but let's go back to before. There's really like a sort of dry uh, driving line, right? There's like a dividing line here. And it starts in 1968 when George Romero 
fuses all of these things and he calls them ghouls, but he fuses all these things and we get what's known as the modern zombie that follows the Romero set of rules. Does, do either, can either one of you uh, fill us in as to what exactly constitutes those rules if you're familiar with them? So, I mean, it's they're just slow-moving zombies that eat the flesh or the brains of the living in order to to keep mobile, motile, and uh, that's that's pretty much it. They, it had to be slow-moving, you know, and eating flesh or brains. And if you're bitten, if you're alive and you're bitten, you turn into a zombie, and you have to shoot them. I don't know if you had to. I don't know if shooting in the head was originally with. Romero. I think that might have been Dawn of the Dead. Maybe I don't think that was. No, no, that started. That starts in 1968. Does it? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yep. Yep. Basically, yeah. Basically, I mean, you covered most of the bases. You have a shambling, dead person. Uh, A bite is a death sentence unless you amputate. Um, uh, The only way to destroy the creature is with a bullet to the brain. It's a infectious contagion. And um, they just have strength in numbers. And oh, you can't. Oh no, Bob's having Bob's having issues here. Oh, Bob, what's going on? You got an echo? Two charades. It wouldn't be a from a show if there wasn't a technical difficulty of some kind. Um, Bob, two words. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> What's he saying? I can't. Bob. He's gonna Bob. go get a boom mic. Is that what he said? You're gonna go get a boom mic. Can you hear us, Bob? Give us a thumbs up. Oh, he bounced. Oh, I think he'll come back. He'll come said. back. I think he'll come back. Um, let's keep the show going. So, so right. So you have this. You have this dividing line, right? Who? Yep. Where? Where? The, here he comes. He comes back right now. I got all my sound went dead. I don't know why. Sorry. That's so weird. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be, a, as I was saying, I don't know if you heard me. It wouldn't be a from a show if there wasn't. No, I heard nothing you guys said. It all no. went dead. <laughs> it, it wouldn't be a from a show if there wasn't some sort of technical difficulty. Okay. It, it always sorry, happens. Sorry. Um, but no, the, there's like this dividing line. And before that, zombies are, come from a very specific folklore. Um from you know in their connection with voodoo and you know basically it it all shifts once romero enters the scene and changes things right um because before that the zombie was a zombie is a person as i said it's someone who's under a spell they're they can't talk or they're in a daze they um they usually they're very strong. They toil for a long time. And then Romero decided to change his thing. And then all of a sudden we have this whole new idea of what a zombie is. And then that gets changed again with return of living dead in 1985. And when, when you, with the addition of this gas, you have Dan O'Bannon, the guy who writes aliens, he deconstructs the zombie mythology and then does something so crazy for 1985, I think. Can you, and I challenge either one of you, can you think of an earlier example of something so meta as to make a sequel, an, 
official, unofficial sequel to Night of the Living Dead by saying that it was a movie and that the real that this is this is a continuation of the real story and Night of the Living Dead is the movie version of that real story. It's kind of crazy. It is. Uh, yeah, I can't think of a different example of that. It's. I mean, that's super meta for 19. I think he wrote that in 1983, actually. So, I mean, between writing something as crazy and original as Alien and then writing, rewriting the, the zombie lore. Okay, Romero, he's basically going against the grain. Romero has uh, slow-moving zombies. My zombies are going to be fast. Romero zombies don't talk. My zombies are going to talk. Romero zombies can't think. My zombies can use weapons and tools and manipulate the police and paramedics to come to uh, you know the scene of the crime. So we could basically ordering takeout over a. If I over, if, can, I confess TV. something too. Like that yeah. is my first zombie movie. I saw it, uh, like in the mid '90s because of Joe Bob. And really? that was the first time I'd ever seen a zombie movie. I hadn't seen Night of the Living Dead or anything. So that kind of defined it for me first before I, I wow. got to Romero. I think that's actually quite awesome. I yeah. think Day, Day of the Dead was my first zombie movie. And wow, I was, I was very young. And that scene where he gets torn apart, that fucked me up really good. <laughs> because Joke was, on him. Oh, my God. Joke on him. Joke on him. Yeah, so I I started hot and heavy with zombie movies with that one. It's kind of hard to to go up yeah, after day, that. Day is kind of like the most nihilist too of oh my all god, three, so. it's yeah. so dark. Kid, that is rough. But the commentary in terms of what's going on today in society, like it is so rel. It's such a relevant movie. That's you know that's a testament to George and his ideas. The fact that that night of living dead is still relevant today, like super contemporary, especially with that ending. And then to do, you know, again with, with day of the dead and the conflict, the scene that, that the tension that he creates, because here's the thing too. And this is in my opinion, and you can really say this about the best zombie films, sans something like dead alive, where it really is about the spectacle. Like we don't care about the people uh, that much. Maybe like the story with, with uh, not, what's his name? Nigel, Nigel. his mother. Yeah, Maybe we care, you know, the, the thing about Nigel and his mother, but like, that's just all about going from one goofy. Dead Alive isn't it. like social commentary, really. Right, right. It's not, not at all. There's okay. nothing. It's okay. Yeah. It's but, fine. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, totally fine. But the best thing about zombie movies is never the zombies. It's not. It's always the human interactions. For some people who are with us on Tuesday when we did our Night of the Frumest Dead we watch Night of the Living Dead on the channel. I'm going to sound like I'm repeating myself, but like the the best parts about Night of the Living Dead has it's not the zombie action. Same thing with Dawn of the Dead. Same thing with Day of the Dead. It is the tense, the incredibly tense, character driven moments between humans. Same thing with Shaun of the Dead. Even even it's Shaun of the great. Dead. Mm -hmm. That's why that's a classic. Is because it does exactly the same type of thing. So true, man. And you look at a film like. Day of going back to Day of the Dead for a minute. The scene in the mess hall between John Amplis, who plays the scientist, and uh, Lori Cardill, who plays Sarah, and Colonel Rhodes, played by Joe Pilato. Mm -hmm. When he's like, You better sit down or I'm going to shoot you. And he goes, Steal, shoot her. He goes, Bang. 
you're dead. And he's like, no, Steel, shoot him. It is so tense. You could cut the tension with a knife. And, you know, again, we got all the gore. When you're younger, you're like, yeah, Day of the Dead. It's the most goriest film ever. Love it. But when I watch Day of the Dead today, the best scene in that film is not Rhodes telling him to choke on him. It is absolutely that scene in the mess hall when they're just the te- masterfully done by Romero, in my opinion. They get better as you mature. Uh-huh. And they, but they still hold up if you just want the gore, right? Like, yeah. they work on both levels, so... I, I, the third one is my my personal favorite of the trilogy. I think Day of the Dead is works. I mean, they're all classic films. That's probably arguably the best trilogy consistency wise. But so, for some reason, the nihilism of the third one, I love it. I, I love nihilistic themes I, in movies. I find myself watching that one the most mm-hmm. out of the three. But I want to confess something to you two. This is probably sacrilege. Uh, my, I actually prefer tom savini's night of the living dead it's a hell of a good movie i, I really it's that a movie, phenomenal remake dude i don't is. i'm not saying it's better i just prefer it I, it's, it's not surprisingly good you're yeah, allowed to good. yeah you're allowed really to do that good. even it, though like, i that was sorry, the first night of the living dead i saw too i didn't see the original i saw that one first and i thought that mm-hmm. was night of the living dead and then i was like oh no wait me this too. is the remake <laughs> me too i thought that was the original also yeah um but for a remake, especially back then, holy shit, it's a really yeah. good movie. It yeah. So it has a distinction, this remake. And I do agree. I think it's one of the finest horror remakes. And mind you, it's coming off the 80s. And we've talked about on this on this, this show before. We've talked in previous episodes about how you have the golden era for remakes in the 80s. Where we're just getting mind-boggling. Like the holy trinity is the blob, the fly, and the thing, right? right. But you know, we have this bleed-through where you have Night of the Living Dead 1990 and you have Invasion of the Body Snatchers 78, which technically aren't in the 80s, but are absolutely part of that 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 cycle. Mm-hmm. And those five movies that I just named, I mean, just like infallible, impeccable remakes. And what makes Night of the Living Dead stand out from all of them is that the original writer-director wrote that script. He was basically... You know, what was it? Uh, 22 years after the first one was basically given a second bite of the apple where he could go back as many artists, filmmakers, I'm sure even in our in our level, in our realm of filmmaking, when you think about your, your past work and you think if I was given another chance with a bigger budget to go back and revise my work, which to the, the artist is always going to feel flawed. Right. It's always going to be flawed, no matter how much we think it's a matter. You're not an artist if you're happy with your work. Right, <laughs> right, right. And we all revere I, – I, I revere Night of the Living Dead. You know? Yeah, I mean, I think that's why I shouldn't feel too guilty about it because George – it does – it is still called George A. Romero's Night of the Living Dead, right? Like that's well, that's in the cell. That's the cell. That's put the cell, but, seeds, but – I mean, he's, his involvement makes me not feel yucky about saying that. Yeah. You know? And Tom – I think Tom Savini, who better to have directed that? And it's like – He's such a legend. I, you know, I don't know. I think it should get more love, and it, I don't see it having as much love as it deserves. Well, it was neutered. The film was neutered. Yeah, it was supposed to be way more violent. It was supposed to have way more stuff in it. Savini was was trying to. He never got to work on the first one because he went to Vietnam, the war, and so this was a big 
this was a big big deal for him as well and so he really was going to pull all put up pull out all the stops especially after day of the dead you know and they just he wasn't he was not able to but they romero got a chance to rewrite barbara in a way that i think we all love barbara however barbara in the original film is very misunderstood people love to criticize romero and say Barbara is, you know, written as this helpless woman who is scared out of her wits. Damsel in distress, right? Right. Damsel in distress. And I call bully on that because, you know, um, when, you know, one day I was rewatching Night of the Living Dead and it suddenly hit me like a sack of bricks, you know, and this is what they talk about because they love to make parables about the Vietnam War and Night of the Living Dead. But one day it came back and was like, whoa, wait a minute friggin she's not a damsel in distress she's not helpless she's suffering from serious ptsd she's like she is having a total mental breakdown over what's happened and it then suddenly all the vietnam war stuff started to make sense to me and what might not read to a modern audience maybe i don't think it does and you want to know something when she rises to the chat at the very end her arc she has this very complete arc where she overcomes her fear to save Helen's life and in the process sacrifices herself to save Helen. And it's sort of like this, this selfless action that she takes um, that ultimately leads to her death, a, a most terrifying death, nonetheless. So, and Helen well, dies. I mean, life, so. even if he did take criticism for that, he all, like you just said, he wrote the, sequ- the uh, remake and yeah. he, he grew, he fixed what he saw maybe as a problem because she is definitely not the same character in that movie i mean the whole the biggest twist in the whole movie is how how the end goes right with her shooting cooper right yeah that's definitely a different character and it's great Oh, it's, it's great. But, I love that ending. Yeah. But to, one be, last... to be fair, I would be a blubbering mess just like her if the zombie apocalypse were real. I would be in the basement <laughs> losing my shit, too. <laughs> so, I mean, I lost my shit from the pandemic. Of course. I'm yeah. Shit from a zombie apocalypse. You know, the one other thing I'll say about this, and then I want to ask you guys a question. Marinate on this while I say what I'm about to say. Um, what your ideal, what is, what's your ideal zombie and what do you want to see in a zombie movie that we haven't seen yet those are two questions i want to ask you both um the all the 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 difference between harry cooper's in night of living dead 90 versus the original in night of living dead 90 harry cooper is just an obnoxious like prick like just a complete prick he's a an insufferable bastard the original harry cooper is way more nuanced there's way more nuance to him. He's not. Here's what the, my. This is why Night of the Living Dead. Why I venerate the original Night of the Living Dead. Nobody's actually the bad guy. Like nobody. Even Harry Cooper, who is a just a jerk. He's a jerk. He's self selfish. He's he's a uh, he's a uh, coward, and he suffers from a fragile white male ego that ultimately gets him killed. But he's still just a guy, an average family man. Who, who wants to ultimately keep his family safe and ultimately is just prejudice against Ben. Now, you know, you could 
you can read into the subtext of that. I was about to say, like, yes, what you're saying is right, but he also he's a racist. So, well, but hold on, know. though. He's only, he was a racist. He becomes a racist because of how they cast the film, that they were always intending to cast Ben as a white guy. It just so happens that Dwayne Jones was the best guy for the role, and they all unanimously agreed. They had no – there was no reservation in casting Ben – uh, in in casting a uh, 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 black guy, they're like they're like, hmm, is this like a really like progressive thing to do? No, they just they just chose him because he was the guy. However, in doing that, they rewrote the whole movie. Yeah, completely rewrote the movie. All of the tension suddenly becomes racial. Like you're like, oh, why are they angry at each other? It's not just because they're two alpha males. He's white and he's black. I and, but. You I know. would also say, though, I don't know, but do you guys feel like that racial tension is part of 90? I feel like Cooper is an insufferable prick, but I don't feel like that bleeds out as a reason in that movie. No, you're absolutely right. It's different. Yeah. That's what I mean, though. It's yeah. super, it's super friggin' different. In 90, George Romero rewrites him as a antagonist who is, like, supposed to be the bad guy. In the original film, everybody is basically um what's the word um they are circumstances uh 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 victim victims victim of circumstance they're victims of their own circumstance within the thing they're Mm -hmm. they're all under pressure they're in this pressure cooker and they all react in certain ways but nobody is like a straight up bad guy even the like an, an antagonist and a protagonist and you guys are both writers you guys are more more writers than me like a pro, an antagonist does not necessarily mean that they are the bad guy. They are just right. they're just they're a roadblock of conflict for the protagonist on their journey, and that's what Harry Cooper is in the original Night of the Living Dead. But in that sequel, he's just a he's just an asshole. Oh yeah, he's a complete prick. Yeah, yeah. So the, the best casting ever, too. Like yeah, oh he's great. <laughs> just the incredible casting. Yeah. Um, so answer my questions. What do you like in your zombies and what is something that you have not seen from the zombie genre but would like to see and here's a third question what are some sort of in between like what are some weird and like uh ambiguous movies that contain zombies or zombie adjacents that fall under ghoul or undead or whatever well, I'll 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 answer one part of sure. the first yeah. thing. Go. Um, I'll give Nathan a chance to think too. That's a lot of stuff, Jeff. That's a lot of stuff. I'm, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so um, sorry. I, I'm a, I can tell you this as you know, as a large fellow, I've always had kind of a problem with running zombies because with running zombies, to me, I'm just like, you know what? Just eat me. I I like I like I I'll watch the movies. Don't get me wrong. I'll watch the movies, but I'm like, it's so hopeless. <laughs> like, like if they can run. I'm dead instantly, so I don't even care. Like, I, I'm gone. I have no hope. Romero zombies, I might be able to do some stuff. <laughs> I might be okay. But running zombies, to me, it just it's it's just too dangerous. Or or even sickos or anyone, like, any of them that can have mobility like that. Right, right. The storytelling, it, it also, it, it, I tend to think, like, there's almost no way the characters can do this. If it, It's only because it's fiction. They can live through this. It's insane. It's kind of stupid how fast they are you know and i love some movies of running zombies dawn of dead remake is a fun movie 
uh, Zombieland. I like Zombieland. You know, like yeah, there's there's movies that have made it work, but in the end, I'm like, the running just takes all the fun out of it for me. Sure. You know, because I'm just like the situation. Because like Ramirez, that's a relatable situation where almost anyone can be a hero in that world, right? Because you don't really need to run; you just need a baseball bat. Uh-huh. And limited mobility, and you could probably take out a good share of zombies and maybe make it to safety. <laughs> There's hope there, right? You know, in a very nihilist world, whereas running it just it ruins it for me a bit. You know, you make a good point, and I kind of want to expand on that just a little bit. Sure. It seems like with, and I like both for kinds. I'm not, I don't poo poo on either one. But right. when you have slow zombies, it's the social commentary film, and when you have fast zombies, it's the visceral action. Wow. Holy yep. shit. Holy shit. I, I wanna, never put that together. I want to see a fast zombie movie that's got social commentary in it at the same time, because that would be the scariest fucking movie ever made. Ever made. There's no way anyone would survive a fast movie, fast zombie apocalypse. You literally would have to find a place to hide forever because there's yeah. no like I would be like, Bob, I would just put a gun in my mouth. If I see a fast moving mob of zombies i would just blow my brain. Off. Yeah, well, I'm like, I, could, do? like I could try running, but I know that that is just. <laughs> They're dead. They will just keep running. Like you can, <laughs> dude. You kind of just blew my mind. I never put that together. That is absolute. You just absolutely came up with a rule of thumb. If it's a slow shambling zombie film, there's going to be uh, social commentary, satire, like something, some sort of message. And if it's a fast zombie movie, it is all about popcorn action. We're here for the zombies. Nothing wrong with that either. Right? No, nothing yeah, wrong with either one. Nothing wrong with either one. I just rewatched the Dawn of the Dead remake the other night, uh, as a matter of fact. And it, it's, it's a great. lot of fun. No yep. social commentary whatsoever, but it's yep. a fun film. You know, it's an action movie, basically. It's, with I mean, James Gunn does ca- great character work. He doesn't he necessarily does. do commentary. Yeah, yeah. You know? Some classic but, James Gunn dialogue in that film, too. I'll tell Have you, you ever heard, about, heard um, Simon Pegg talk about why he prefers those zombies? I remember this is literally an article like 12 years ago or something, but he, he <laughs> yeah. said he prefers it because to him, the zombies are representative of health and like your baseball bat and your shotgun are like eating well and exercising or not smoking. And it's death is slowly creeping up on all of us. And our little weapons that we use to push it back are just like the, the little weapons you have to push back the slow horde moving at you. So he's like, when that's all that metaphor in his mind is removed when they're fast, because then they just then they just leap on you. And it's basically a heart attack. You die instantly. Right. Instead of the slow creeping death that we're all we all are rotting as we live. You know, that's I loved that little thought that I never heard before back when he said it. Um, It's basically turning on cheat code like uh, it's basically turning on God mode when there's something. It's like, well, fuck it. I got to find like IDK or hide in a basement or, and don't ever fucking come out because I mean, you're just going to die of starvation then. So either yeah, way, exactly. you know, yeah. and there's no time to repair because there's constantly roving bands of sprinting zombies. So it's not like you can like, oh, I got I, I got a breather. There's a mob over there. You know, like I can prepare for the night. No, they're all over the place. You're dead. I, you're I'll give it to zombie land because they kind of had like a uh, a tiered zombie speed thing going on in that movie where like the fast ones are kind of the new fresh ones. Then there's some that are shambler still, you know, there was right. like, a, I like that. Yeah. I like that. If, you, if you've eaten recently, if you've eaten brains or something recently, then you're faster. And <laughs> yeah. if you're a zombie that hasn't had anything in a while, you're just slow. I yeah. like that. That makes more sense to me. Um, 
you know, I love the fast zombies because I love, even though I Night of the Living Dead is my favorite film, or Ever? I think is the yeah, I think it might be my. I, when people ask me what is your bet bestest film of all time, like straight up, there's no answer to that. Every every film I love, so I love movies. I can't answer that. But if you're making me write down, if you have a you know gun to my head, I have to write down one movie. It's always going to be Night of the Living Dead. However. Return of Living Dead is my pleasure. Like just, I just admire this film and the script is like a religion to me. Like I worship the script. I, I just think it's so, it's just the greatest sense of storytelling. I've talked about it endlessly on this channel, just about how every scene informs the next scene and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then at the end comes and O'Bannon's like, shit, what do I do? Oh Yeah. I'll just blow everybody up. And he does. Yeah. And that's it. Like, that's just the end. And the zombies. And also, they can't die either. Which is they cannot <laughs> die. He creates an unstoppable menace that is sentient. And and I'll, t I'll take it one step further because I'm such a nerd. And he, and he blames the whole thing on us. Specifically. Yes. There's a reason and it's our fault. It is not some mysterious thing. It is right. our doing completely. The right. opening of that movie is so brilliant because if you so are just stumbling upon that, you're like, "What the what? What the fuck is this? Like, yeah. how long are these guys going to talk for?" But like, it's got some of the best dialogue in, in a movie ever. Look Fantastic. at the shot economy. Look at the way that it's the shots are composed. There are some. There's like a wonder in there. Just this unbroken take that's establishing Frank and uh, Freddie as they're going through the job and some of that dialogue is actually left over from when Toby Hooper was supposed to direct the film. He had this whole idea to do skeletons from India. And so that got ba Bannon who was a total control freak and totally like believed in the auteur sort of like model, like was so open to ideas and collaboration at the same time. Like for instance, the whole crematorium setup, the whole idea of Frank basically cremating himself, that was James Karen's idea. Beautiful. And he scene. went, he yeah, beautiful scene. He macabre scene too. He went to he went to Dan O'Ban. He goes, Dan, I should because in the if you read the if you read the novelization, if you look at the script, he just orders himself a taxi to go home. And that's the end. That's just the end of him. And he's like, what if I burn myself because I don't want to eat brains? And Dan's like, that's brilliant. That's what that's what you're doing. And they even throw in the little line. He says, this is so easy. Some favor. I could have operated this thing myself, which he would literally be doing an hour, in, in a few hours. Set up some payoffs. Set up, to, uh, <laughs> set up the best payoff. And these zombies are just, they are absolutely terrifying. And you know what's, you know what makes them terrifying? Because they're not really, some of them have are, are makeup jobs, but not, you know, you have the tar man, obviously. But some of them are, they're just people covered in mud in the, in the pouring rain, screaming and running around and like attacking you like all at once. And in the novelization, again, written by John Russo, they're using bricks to like crack open skulls and scoop out the brains inside. I mean, it is just they're, 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 they're using tools like the you know two thousand one ape. You know, like right. They still have the motor skills and the opposable and they, thumbs. Well, they have the they have the know how. They have yeah. the they have the brains. Also, once again, what's scary to me about uh, Return of the Living Dead is like the fact that all flesh is up for grabs. All yeah. flesh can be reanimated, like like the half dog and yep. the, the butterflies. Corpses. Yeah, like mm -hmm. it's just all up for grabs. That's that's terrifying to me. 
What's also terrifying is the way they change in that movie. Usually that, you know, you get bit and it's like, Oh, I get a fever and then I'm dead. And then I come back. It feels like they're literally going insane when they change into zombies in that movie. Yeah. And it's terrifying. Rigor like, mortis. It's also hard hilarious, to watch, which is, yeah, it's like, it's really funny. Like that's what, I mean, that's what I kind of love about that movie too. Is like that, like uh, their transformation is both <laughs> terrifying and absolutely hilarious with their wh- with their wails yeah. of pain and screaming. I've never laughed at wails of pain and screaming like that. But before. you know what's funny? Just like how we discussed previously, we were talking about Reanimator. Mm-hmm. I think I don't know. If, yeah, I think this came up. The tone of Return of Living Dead is the same as Reanimator in that what these people are doing. Or these actors are acting. The material is treated so seriously, despite it being so ridiculous, that the comedy is purely a byproduct, and not in like a room way, not in like a Tommy Wiseau way. The comedy it, it just sort of translates. It's super dry, like so dry, like beyond beyond Tim Burton, Edward Scissorhands, or Beetlejuice dry, like. So, like like the like if if dry was wet it would be the dry it would be the dryness like that's how dry it is and it translates to humor somehow you yeah, know you, in those situations you never want to have your characters laughing with the script. right you, you never you want them to be aware that they're funny like that's no like a number, rule number one no matter how silly the movie is they pour a thousand percent a yeah, thousand percent that it's silly. yeah well yeah you know Return of the Living Dead I think it's definitely got more of a satirical bent uh, and I feel like Reanimator is more of an absurdist bent oh, because, because yeah. yeah, everything in that movie, even with the head, you know, like <laughs> it's all played. Head giving head, head giving head. Exactly. Yes, so you yeah. have to go, you know, that whole scene, it just gets bloodier and bloodier, but everybody has got a straight face on. And right. you have to, I was like, I was, I was in tears the first time I watched that movie when it just, the blood just keeps amping up and amping up. And I was like dying laughing, but it's a serious film. But it wants Super you to laugh, serious. you know, yes. I mean, Stuart Gordon knows what he's doing. They so. want you to laugh. That's exactly it's like they these f- types of films and reanimator and return of living dead have that same sort of kismet energy. By the way, Brian Yuzna, producer of reanimator, was supposed to do something with Dan O'Bannon and it never materialized. And I asked him, I said, what was the project? Because I interviewed him for this channel. It hasn't dropped yet. Nice. I said, what was the project? And he, yeah, three hours. It's coming. Three oh, hours. Awesome. Big one. Big oh, one. Yeah. Um, I said, what was the project? He's like, he couldn't remember. He couldn't remember what it was. But that. I, I thought I just yeah. had, though. Um, now, I, I keep coming back to these two, so I apologize. that I keep coming back to Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright. But we're talking about the nuance, the per- the perfection of Return of the Living Dead, also reanimator. But I remember too, like I, I remember when I saw them in person, Edgar Wright said, like, it's funny that we're talking about Return of the Living Dead because he considers Return of the Living Dead part two is actually when zombies needed to go away. Oh. <laughs> like I actually <laughs> like part two, but part two does commit the sin of the characters laughing with them. They get it. The characters are in on it, and there's like the Michael Jackson zombie, and right. it's like you know, and he and he. I remember him saying, "Like that's when I think we all knew it needed to take a break for the '90s." Like, it you know, who plays that zombie? To the Michael Jackson zombie? Yes, that's no. Scuzz in the original Return of the Living Dead. Oh, okay. same guy. 
Same guy. I did not know that. Dare yeah. I say, part three is the best sequel by far. By far. Part three is cool. Yeah. Yes. One absolutely. of my favorite films. One of my favorite films of all time. And that was straight to time. video, too. Yeah, straight to video. It had a very limited theatrical run. I think it was really? two weeks. I think. Don't quote me on that. I'm almost... I have to again. We talked about it in depthly with Brian Yusa, and the original ending to Return of the Living Dead Three is pretty insane. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to happen in a graveyard. Basically, what happens in the sewers happens in this is that, graveyard. Is that never seen, or you saying it was originally written like that? Or it was filmed? originally written. It was never filmed. Oh, okay. Okay. It was. It was supposed to take place in a graveyard, and it was supposed to be the army against mechanized zombies that are turned on the army. Something like that. And then the the coda, the, the epilogue that we get at the end, because that's what's that's what makes that movie crazy. And I also interviewed the writer of that film as well. John Penny came on after Brian Yusnam. We talked about it. And what's so crazy about the his I was like, like where where do you get off? Usually usually you would end the film right when she freezes up and the kid is rescued and that's the end of the movie. And then you tack on this ending that's so dark, so so bleak, so gut-wrenching after all these characters have been through. It's just, it's brilliant. It was absolutely like, like devastating. And the fact that it's the third movie in a sequel trilogy is like so bizarre to me. Like it should just be called Kurt and Julie. Like I don't want, don't call it Return of the Dead Three. I just want Kurt and Julie. And that I, I've, in, I've never seen four. Is that continue that? No. Okay, I've never seen four. No, so I admit not, it. Dare not speak of four or five. <laughs> oh, but, God, I've never seen five either. Raised to the Grave and Necropolis. They're both terrible. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, but Brian Yuzna wrote a sequel to part three that he has a treatment for it's called hell Mary and it takes place some years after what happens in part three, where basically everybody lives in an enclosed city because the dead have gotten out of control and just no, craziness. Matter of fact, part any, three, sorry, is a reflection to like land of the dead. Um, no, it's like there, there's this girl here, hell Mary. And she says, She's a zombie who like learned how to like live with the fact that she has to eat brains. And these kids, they like go beyond the barrier. It kind of like Judge Dredd. That's how I imagine it. Like, you know, the the no man's land out of the side of the mega city. Um, that's what that's where my imagination went. And I'm an unabashed fan of that movie. I'm so am I. I love it. Love, love, love it. I love and both. I love both versions. Which one is this both now? Both versions. Uh yeah. Judge Dredd. Judge Dredd. And Dredd. Oh. Judge Dread One is is a lot of fun for it's so much fun. It's a terrible adaptation, but tell me it's not a fun movie. You're it insane. is a fun as fuck action movie. It is Absolutely. so great. It's yeah. great. I mean, There's Armand Desante, one hundred fifty percent on his performance, it and that insane. robot, you know? that robot's but really great Joan too. Chan, Diane Lane. I mean, Jurgen Rob Prock Schneider. Now, yep. He's good in that movie. Max von Sydow. That's that's Rob Schneider's best film, and it's nineties like, future <laughs> tech, which is my favorite kind of future it looks, tech. It, dude, it looks good. I, I love nineties future it, tech. It has it has like Blade Runner level set design at some point. Yeah, it's really it good. Does. It really does. I anyway, think if it wasn't Dread. It would have. <laughs> we gotta do. I'm sorry. We gotta do Joe, an episode on Judge Dread. I would. I will. Do I, that. Hey, do that. Well, let's do it. Let's do it. And last action hero. Oh yes, yes I'm down. I want to pitch you guys. I have to. I want to pitch you guys my 
Laurie Strode version of Last Action Hero. You fucking <laughs> love it. You will fucking love this. Yeah, I, I, last horror a, hero. Kind of, kind of. I'll explain. Here's something that we don't we we've started to get more in recent like zombie like films, but we I just I, I want to see that keep exploring this. We, we talked about zombieism as a contagion, but then there's the reverse. Not the reverse, but then you have zombie like the zombie plight in the realm of body horror where it's usually one zombie and that zombie is sentient and deals with the pitfalls of becoming a zombie. And it starts with films like my boyfriend's back, which is absolutely just a masterpiece. (laughs) I have the Blu-ray. I'm not even kidding you. I I have the, uh, I think I have the DVD. I don't think I have a Blu-ray, but that Alaban is like kind of an unsung horror director, isn't he? I mean, like he made parents and yes, uh, he did parents too. And (laughs) PS early PSH is in that Philip Seymour Hoffman. And um, as Chuck, as Chuck, who gets his <laughs> guts ch- munched on. And then you have a film like, I don't know if you've seen this. This is really, this is a deep cut. This is from like VHS rental store days. Who remembers motherfucking Fangoria presents I, Zombie, A Chronicle of Pain. No, I, <laughs> no taker. You got me. You got me, man. I got nothing. <laughs> oh, I, man. I'm trying I, to think and I'm not coming up with anything. Okay. I'm yeah. not going to spoil anything, but. Uh, and there's a sequel too called Dead Creatures. Basically, a uh, guy gets bitten by a zombie and shuts himself off in his English flat and basically chronicles his decay and descent into becoming a zombie, a sentient zombie. And it's super fucking, it's just really dark, really dark, really grim. Everything that you could imagine about being a zombie, except this dude is just narrating himself as he's rotting. And having yeah. to eat people and just what he goes, the lengths that he goes, and he like misses his like girlfriend. Um, and yeah, some stuff happens in that uh, a little bit. And I'd then the, you definitely should watch it. The sequel is called Dead Creatures, which is about a, it's like a coven of flesh eating women who basically learn to have this nomadic life where they're just, they just, like they're basically they're basically on a uh what's it called the time they they have, they don't have a lot of time because they're rotting so they basically like go about their business eating people and don't have much time and uh you know like the old the eldest one is the most deteriorated and eventually they, are they you contagious know, or are they just are they just it's just them they are contagious okay everybody's contagious and uh, that one has a little bit more of a story to it, and they're directed by the same this guy. Uh, I'll I'll put I'll I'll send I'll 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 send you the letterbox for it. Definitely check it out. It my uh, I added it to my watch list just now. So oh, yeah, Nathan, I think that's really going to be up your alley. I think you're going to really like it, and it's a concept that we d- have not seen enough of. I love the notion. It, it, to me, is terrifying, absolutely terrifying of of like you know, fighting against your body rotting. And I like, feel like the vampire genre has tackled that more for obvious reasons. Cause yeah. vampires are sentient more often. Hmm. So the zombie movies haven't done it as much. Maybe 
Right, because it's more about like me gr- be uh, coming to grips with becoming a vampire in that kind of right, way. like that's that something mean? or a werewolf. Some either one of those right. makes more sense than right the notion of coming to grips with being a zombie. Right, which is why which is why it's so fresh. It yeah. for me, it's a very fresh sort of idea that has you know not been explored enough. And then you have you know you have like uh, what's the one a uh, warm zom warm what is it warm, uh, bodies. warm bodies warm bodies which is kind of goofy. Um, but has some cool ideas in it. I just want to see more films like that. And then, of course, you also have the playing on Return of Living Dead Three. You have films like Life After Beth, where you know my lover is uh, a zombie. You have Ed and his dead mother. Oh God, I love that movie. That is a that's a cable staple. I'm of my so life. glad that you know that movie. Oh, it dude, it used to be on so cable happy. constantly. I used to and I used to talk about it. Fucking, no one would know what it is, bro. I fucking know what that movie is. I was like, is. it's Steve Buscemi. How does no one know what this is? Yeah, Nate, have you seen this film? I let me hold it. It sounds very familiar. I probably have. Let me look at it, Nathan. It's it's John Buscemi, Glover. John Glover. Yeah. Oh, Baltimore, Baltimore hometown pride. Uh, John bro, Glover. I, I think I've seen this. Okay, it's, I will. It's super weird and funny, and it's oh, and um, weird. Ned Beatty, Ned Beatty. Oh yeah, my god, I think I have seen the cast it's is killer. It is killer. It's it's so killer. And you want to know something? On my last revisit, I noticed that there seems to be a giant chunk of that story has been cut out of the movie. Like it just jumps in. There are several places where the narration kind of jumps. You're kind of going, holy crap! And it's just like it's never gotten a Blu-ray release. There's not much known about it. It, it's just like a it little... was on Amazon Prime in HD. I know that like Ooh. a few years ago, I did watch it on Amazon Prime, so it does have an HD huh. print. So check. Uh, it probably is for rent at least. It doesn't matter what you look up on Letterbox. Everything is like a two point nine. It's like, come on! <laughs> and they rated Ed and His Dead Mother a two point nine. Yeah. Letterbox isn't for people who enjoy watching movies. No, it's I have a Letterbox account. I listen, know. Yeah, I'm listen. I rate I rate movies on Letterbox. I know there are some people, especially filmmakers, that like don't rate stuff because it's like they're trying to be. Like, I don't. I don't. Yeah. Oh, you don't. Okay, so th- you're one of them. But like, I actually don't like deciding it. I don't like personally like it's deciding it's how many stars something gets. I like, change my dumb. rating all the time, like yeah. based on what, how I feel. <laughs> I'll go back and change everything. You I know just do like or not like. That's it. That's enough for me. You know what's yeah. funny? I will watch a movie. I'll have I'll have my rating decided, and then I go and I see how my peers rate it. And it's not because I'm trying to copy. Sometimes I feel like I'm too harsh. Sometimes I feel like I'm too generous. And I really trust people's opinions. So I'm going. Am I, am I being like a little? Oh, and there's listen. There are movies that I rate five stars that are definitely not five star movies, but they're five stars to me. So I rate them five stars. You know, like I kind of make up my own rules. I, I've resorted to making my account more jokey. Yeah. Because <laughs> I read a lot of letterbox stuff and I'm like, do yeah. these people know they're not writing for a major publication? Like, oh my God. They like get par- some of our, yeah. Paragraphs oh. of just nonsense. paragraphs. And I'm just like, You're, this is your letterbox account. Like, why are we doing this? Or, or it's the other way around. It's that they think it's Twitter. So they have to make a joke. And it's like a one sentence joke. It's not even a review. It's just like, well, I do that. Nathan. It's like a <laughs> comment. No, but you're actually funny. I'm just talking about people that like, you know, Steve Buscemi one time took a shit in my bathroom. Oh, you, you know, know like a, like a cynicism, right? Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> it's a very interesting community. Yeah, truly. it is. I mean, I, I'm happy to have an account, but, but I would rate if I, I don't know if I rated 
and his dead mother on Letterboxd. But if I did, I'd probably give it four stars. Is it a four-star movie? I don't think so, but to me no. it is. I love it. I'm pretty easy on them. I don't, I'm not, I, I'm, yeah. And I also don't go out of my way to watch movies I know I'm not going to like anymore. Yeah. I used to do that, but I don't have time for that anymore. So I usually tend to watch, as far as new stuff, I watch stuff I, I'm interested in or I know I'm probably going to like. But, but I uh, gave Halloween six a one star because it deserved one star. And I don't know what else to say. But then I, I know that there are like really bad sequels to movies that I really enjoyed and like gave way more stars despite not having business. So I kind of created my own ethical taste is a spectrum, man. Yeah. yeah. It, it, like, and none of us all agree on everything, right? Nope. Like it's just not true. Like I, the other day I literally, I'm admitting it on your podcast. I enjoyed Hubie Halloween. So I did that. I. Yeah. I so did I. Yeah. I said, good for you, Bob. Good yeah, for you. Like, I, I haven't seen it yet, but I heard everybody trashing it. I was like, somebody's no. out there has got to like it. You I, have a few, I have a few friends who liked it. I have a few friends who hated it. I was like, but I don't have shame in saying I liked something that everyone hates. I <laughs> rated know? it. I rated yeah. Hubie Halloween two and a half stars because I thought it was a two and a half star film. However, the yeah, review that I left. Movie. Right. Yeah. Here's yeah. the deal. I, 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 I legitimately like The Nun. I think it's, I like that movie. I think I it's a fun movie. No, it's okay. I, I I don't hate it. Most people hate it. And I'm just like, okay, that's fine. But I think I posted about it. I liked it. And people were like, what's wrong with you? Like, are you, are you dumb? Like, and I'm like, come on. It's fun. It's a stupid horror movie. I it, liked it. It's got great atmosphere. The atmosphere and the it's set incredible. design. Yeah. It's just so good. I had, oh to, I, I was, I had a paid gig where I watched every Conjuring movie and edited a Joe Blow video. <laughs> For all, the, for all the jump scares, I had to watch every single continuous movie, and mm -hmm. so my viewing of the nun was like at the point where I was just like, oh, I can't stand this anymore. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I'm like waiting, like pausing the movie every five minutes, like, is uh, that a jump scare? Does that count? But you know, that oh video has god. two million views now, so whatever. Oh I mean, my god. <laughs> yeah, whatever. You'll take those, it. those Annabelle movies, especially the first one, I was just like, all right, I'm tapping out of these. The okay. Movies. I'm sorry, Jeff. I know, we're not talk I know we're not talking about it, but that first Annabelle movie, it's terrible. It's but terrible. I, but there's something that's heartwarming where the guy <laughs> thought he was making a Rosemary's Baby. Like, that movie thinks it's, like, incredible. I have not obviously seen it, by the way. Yeah, and that's it, Annabelle Wallace in the lead, and she turns around and does a fucking amazing performance in Malignant. <laughs> like, like, yeah, yeah. Like a 180 completely. I also thought Annabelle Creation wasn't bad. It was okay. Oh I liked really the last one the best. All of these... Uh... I've seen every Conjuring movie. I mean, oh yeah, I've seen the, I've seen the whole universe because of that video. Wow! Because <laughs> I had to, I had to make a video. Yeah, wow. the only one I actively disliked was the first Annabelle, um, and then most of them are just fine. And there are a couple that are really. I good. mean, in that whole series, the Conjuring one is kind of the only one I'd say is that's the only one I've seen. I've seen Conjure the first Conjuring. That's a solid movie. I'd say that's a solid movie. And then the rest, they vary. There's you know? parts of the second one that are excellent. Yes. And there's parts of it that are just kind of there. She's and... in She's in The Addiction, the one that's uh, Abel Ferreira's Addiction. Um, oh, Lily Taylor. Yeah, Lily Taylor. That's yeah. the same. I was going to say, speaking of this, though, I'd love to see Juan try out a zombie movie. Let's if talk it, about that. I think, he could, I think that. he could reinvent it a little bit, too. What would, what would a James Wan... Uh, zombie film look like insane, absolutely insane. <laughs> yeah, I would think it'd be nuts. I mean, like, I'm not trying to derail it, but I mean, the response to Malignant was divisive as hell. Oh, yeah, like it was like I literally would, 50 50. Yeah. Oh, my god, I, it was I, a I actually test. loved it. It was a I litmus had, test. I had close friends who like viscerally hated it. No, I'm, I liked it too. 
Yeah, I, I, had it, I had it spoiled for me, but I still liked it when I watched it. That that jailhouse scene was fucking amazing. I mean, talk <laughs> about comedy, but talk about unintentional yeah. comedy. Like the, the like the movie is so serious about that scene and it's, it's so serious and hilarious. it's also incredibly stupid. But it's, every yeah. every every scene yeah. every scene there's a line or a musical cue that's talking about it being her and in her like in her head. Like every yeah. single scene. If you go back and watch it, it's all planted in there. It's all like one big wink. But wow. uh, you're either with the twist or you're not. If you're not, then it's the worst movie you've ever seen. But if you like crazy shit like that, you're like, oh my god, <laughs> like, yes. So what, would, so what, would James Wan, what would James Wan write for a zombie film? Where does he, where does he take it in in well, knowing like, James Brand's brand? His, his movies brand. don't strike me as theme movies. Like we were talking about, like Romero does theme. Yeah. I don't feel that from Juan. Really. So it would be fast zombies out of it, the question. I mean, it would be, I would think it would be a genre down. bender. Like he seems to like doing right. Like he would figure out what he loves about zombies, then amp it up to 11, I guess. Sentient zombies that have their own sovereign nation within the United States <laughs> and are slowly trying to expand and have matrix like human farms for sustenance. That's a very expensive idea. <laughs> It is, but that's you know. like I Frankenstein level, maybe bad. <laughs> oh, my God. oh my God. You had to go to I Frankenstein. You want to know oh, something? Nathan, it is one of the biggest disasters I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it was one of the most boring films I've ever seen. In my so life. I turned it off after 10 minutes. I didn't Dude, it is so... a concept that would make a 12 year old boy. I, I did like a watch already. party. So boring. I did yeah. a watch party with that. And I literally said, Oh fuck! He's—they're gonna want to make an army of Frankenstein's to use their blood, aren't they? I said that at the first five minutes, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I was fucking right. <laughs> like I couldn't believe I was right. I was like the most hack obvious plot point. Oh, that's enough. Okay, okay. And you of just... course, Frankenstein is like Aaron Eckhart, and he's got a couple stitches all over him, but he's still, he's still devastatingly still handsome. Yeah. <laughs> Very fuckable Frankenstein, basically. Yeah. Which brings me to a very uh, important point. Frankenstein is also within the realm of the undead. Yeah. Life created from dead flesh, which also ties into body horror, Mm -hmm. which also ties into that style. You don't hear him mention with zombies, though. What do you mean? I don't, I mean, I don't usually hear Frankenstein mentioned with him. But Maybe he is a reanimated of, creature. Oh, I'm not he's, disagreeing. I'm just yeah. saying it's not usually no, never more next of, of a revenant. Maybe we can put Frankenstein in more. He's of a, a revenant. revenant. Can you give he's me? A can you give me a definition of a revenant? Like I've heard it and I kind of understand it's it. Like but a, I, it's like a returned dead person who has intelligence, who has all its his yes. memory, and, and doesn't like necessarily not does not consume human beings necessarily either. But it does drink blood, I believe, or something. It does sometimes. It, yeah. So this there's a me. film called Revenant. There's a film called Revenant. The uh, Revenant is the Revenant? a great movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that <laughs> end scene is so fucking badass. I want to see that movie. That is that end scene where he gets uh, spoilers. Has everybody seen it? Have you, are you talking about the one the guy who comes I, home from the war? Yes. And, yes. And then he, he ends him and his friends start robbing banks. Yes. And, not talking yeah. about the Caprio. Yeah. Yes. Talking about Terry Pryor's The Revenant. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Have yeah. you seen it, Bob? I have not. No. It's right, really, really good. It. It, you definitely see it. I'll definitely see it. check yeah. it out. I'll add it to um, my watch list. Which I was going to say, though, like, yeah, I wanted to say I had, used to have this. I probably still do. There's a book about, like, zombie cinema, like, up until about, like, 
2005. I remember I, I, I read the entire thing and there was some begrudging entries in there. And I, the Revenant thing kind of reminded me of the fact that they had um, Weekend at Bernie's 2. Oh, my and, God. Like the, author, the author was obviously angry that they had to include it. But he's like, like, like it was, he's obviously mad. Bernie being a zombie. But it was totally, he's like, it is a zombie movie and I have to talk about it because it, it, it counts as a zombie movie. And it, he's right. It does. It's a reanimated corpse. I can't wait to show Weekend at Bernie's to my daughters. It is like one of the top 10 funniest movies ever made. Like no reservations. And I love the sequel too. Weekend at Bernie's. The sequel is a terribly made movie. It's oh, like, no, but it's, it's insane. Great. It's so yes, insane. It's so insane. It's that it even I, happened. I've never not passed out from laughing from watching that movie. Every single time, I've seen it a hundred times, and every time it gets funnier and funnier and funnier. Andrew McCarthy. And here's the link, man. guys. Don't forget the link is Return of the Living Dead. Yeah. The corner yeah. is the guy who killed Bernie. Have oh, you guys? I mean, uh, talk- Don Colfa. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Have you guys talked to Michael Lombardo about his pitch for Weekend at Bernie's 3? No. I had, I, no we exactly. almost oh, had Michael Lombardo tonight. And Next time have... you have Michael Lombardo as a captive audience, ask him about his... He, he used to run uh, Terry uh, Kaiser fan site, the Weekend at Bernie's fan oh my site. Oh, God. Really? He, he, met, he met him and told him, like, hey, I, I run your fan site. <laughs> he loves that movie that much. And he pitched him Weekend at Bernie's 3. <laughs> And I shit you. I'm not even going to try to duplicate it. It is one of the funniest fucking stories anyone has ever told me. Yes, yeah, his save idea it for... for Weekend at Bernie's Three. Just, just ask him next time you see him. That oh, is... I wonder if a budget came around, would he? Would Terry Kaiser say yes? I guess he would. Why is wouldn't? He still, he? Is he still alive? I'm now. surprised someone hasn't tried to do that, like remake it or bring him back for another Reboot one. I mean, yeah, that's a celebrity grave. I would make a trip to visit. Absolutely. I want to visit Absolutely. Bernie's grave. <laughs> like Absolutely. <laughs> let me ask you this. Okay, so let me ask you this. Let's go back to no, not Frankenstein. Hold on. I'm trying to retrace our steps from that tangent. Frankenstein, Undead, Revenant. We were talking about oh, okay. Here's first of all, here's another one I want to throw at you. Get your opinion as to what you think about it. I, it's not a very popular one. Uh, very divisive. Uh, I do think that the co- the social commentary in it is uh, profound and interesting, uh, despite its uncom- incredibly uncomfortable subject matter. And that film is Dead Girl. Have either one of you seen Dead Girl? I I love Dead Girl. I think it's I a great film. Seen it. it um, is. It's dark. I think I Chad and I watched it at the Florida Film Festival when I was down there at Full Sail and wow I had no and the directors were oh my god okay this is a funny story so yeah so we're watching the movie and we're like the whole time we're like oh my god this movie's insane like it kept, insane. insane insane film you have to like step back and go holy look up a plot synopsis holy shit so they were there yeah the go ahead were, the directors were there for a Q&A yeah. And this is not a spoiler for the movie, but, you know, people are asking questions. And in the movie, you know, the basic plot of the movie is that there's yeah. a dead girl in this abandoned school or whatever. Unexplained, these, completely these unexplained. Kids, these two guys stumble upon it and they start using her and like sexually? for whatever they want. Uh, it's, yeah. It's a they... really twisted coming of age tale. And yeah, the, there's a dog in the school. It's Cerberus. It, yeah. It's like a Cerberus, basically a guardian, basically. But yeah. it just shows up. 
kind of here and there in the movie. It, it has three heads, or it's just a regular dog. It's just it's a regular dog. Symbolically, oh. it's a Sybaris because they're entering this okay. underworld of. Yeah, of, I had yeah. to ask. I mean, you said yeah. Cer- yeah, I had to ask. So, so of course, when you go to like a regular film festival that's not a genre film fest, like Nightmares or Genre Blast, right? If you go to like the Florida Film, you get randos that come to watch these movies. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you know, normies. Holy and they, shit. they ask the dumbest questions. So this older guy, I don't know if he was like a newspaper critic or if he was just a regular fellow, but he got he gets up and asked, he goes, who's who was feeding the dog the whole time? And one of the directors, I forget which one, because there's two directors. He goes, I'm not even going to answer that question. And he turns to the next person and goes, next question. <laughs> and that's a legitimate question, though. He's like, I'm not going to dignify that. with it. <laughs> it's, it's a legitimate it's question. A, it's a legitimate question, but it's also like it doesn't matter. <laughs> Who gives a shit? Yeah, like it's that's the only thing where you that's like when you're nitpicking something. He watches all of Dead that's, Girl. He watches the whole movie. That's hey, a question your fucking the parents dog? would ask about a movie. It's just like <laughs> That's like when I was a kid and I watched Richie Rich and I was like, wait a minute. So that McDonald's was open in his house 24 <laughs> seven. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and like those things don't matter. <laughs> you know, what's funny though about dead girl, you have to watch it with the subtitles on in order to actually understand how the movie ends. Because I, I watched the movie the first time and then I get to the ending. And I'm going, what, how the fuck? Like What? Like, how does that go from that to that? That doesn't make any sense. And then um, some years back, I revisited it. And this was after I started watching everything with subtitles on. And I don't know if it's older age or if it's a symptom of having children or just a loud household or whatever. But I watch everything with subtitles. So I don't have to rewind shit. I always, yeah, I always, it because, and you know what I've noticed? And I don't think I'm losing my hearing. I, I truly think people, like, Movies are not mixed very well for TV sometimes, and you just you mm-hmm. can't. I I can't. I miss things, and so it's I, much... I turned it on for Dune. I had to. I was Dude. like, what What is happening here? I can't hear any Game of Thrones. With Game of Thrones, you have to turn on the subtitles. I... You can be watching it. Fucking I, people a thousand said times. Tenet was apparently mixed terribly. I saw I... Tenet in the theater, and I couldn't understand half the dialogue. I was confused the entire time. I didn't. And know I'll tell you was. something: if you watch movies with subtitles. <laughs> If you watch movies with subtitles, you will be amazed at the things, especially when you revisit a movie, yeah. you mm-hmm. go, holy shit, I didn't even know that. Or, wow, they guess that it does get explained. So I'm watching Dead Girl with the subtitles on, and suddenly the entire end of the movie makes sense through the barely audible dialogue that I had totally missed when I had previously watched it. Mm-hmm. And I just goes to show you watch movies with the subtitles on if you can two times in my life where subtitles actually changed like 30 years of thinking something was different one is the end of really? never ending story when he screams his mother's name i never i i always soon he said like dream child or something but he actually yeah. says moon child i didn't know that wow until dvd came around and i turned the subtitles yeah, yeah, on. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay and the second was Wee's big adventure where he's talking to the puppet and he says how's school billy and he goes I always used to think he said blows. Yeah. He says closed. <laughs> I wouldn't have known this if it weren't for subtitles because I never watched these movies. You know, that's but that's exactly dude. That is why you always should watch movies with subtitles. That, if you can't. That line in Batman, I never knew what he was saying. The Joker, that line, he's like, um, 
rhubarb after, after no no he, after he breaks the tv he goes i'm of a mind to make some some nookie i think is what he says and i could never understand what the yeah. fuck he was saying because he wants to go fuck vicky vale right right I, I i could never understand what that line was because it sounded like gibberish and i had the prince soundtrack too and that line is on the the soundtrack and i was yeah. just like what the fuck is he saying and i had to turn the subtitles on to f- figure out what he was saying I'm telling you it's just it just That's makes the, the town needs an anima scene right yes yes yeah. um but yeah, so Dead Girl is another like avenue where you're literally juxtaposing a bunch of things. Now suddenly we have necrophilia, you have the undead thing, you have, you know, I mean, it's like it's a crazy setup from a guy uh, who graduated from Trauma College, essentially, uh, Trent Haga, who I love, by the way, I think he's a phenomenal screenwriter. He's written a bunch of crazy, a uh, lot of crazy stuff. He wrote Cheap Thrills. He wrote a movie called Cut, I think, that he also directed. Um, movie called 68 Kill. Uh, 68 Kill. Really 68 good. Kill. He's done a bunch of stuff, but his, you know, his breakout film outside of the trauma scape was Dead Girl. And it just sort of marries all these different things together that you never would expect and ends up with a social commentary and a message that is in complete opposite of what people take away from watching that film. They see the gratuitousness of it. And maybe it's a little overly gratuitous, but like they totally missed the message. And there's a sequel to dead girl called dead girl Two that Trent released. And the sequel idea is even more fascinating. I think than the original, his original idea, he kind of inverts, inverts it where it's a girl who now has weaponized the dead girl to her own sort of, whims and needs it's very interesting so i i've never seen this movie but i just looked it up and the cover is instantly recognizable because it was a rental when i was managing a video store mm-hmm. to show you how old i am um <laughs> and i remember people complaining about it upon return it's dark dude i mean yeah, it's, yeah, worth, a it's it. worth a yeah, watch it's worth a watch but just yeah. just be 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 ready oh i'm not saying i'll be to, yeah. i'll be like that i'm just saying i remember yeah. i remember the big complaint ones and that i remember that was oh dead me. girl that sounds nice that sounds fun because there's people like look a for a horror movie, movie and then it's not right. a fun one you know right yeah speaking of subtitles and movie stores i actually used to work at a movie store too and uh um this We're guy would always green. come in yeah i worked at movie stop which was just the movie version of GameStop until they went out of business um the guy oh my god the trades that we would get fucking is a nightmare i still have ptsd about the trades um people would bring in a thousand movies a thousand i remember movies. i i'm a veteran of sam goody and oh. borders books and fye so i trash good old days right oh. yep, those but there the was days. this guy who came in and, and bought movies and he would return them and trade them in but he would watch them on his playstation and he would watch them at one and a half speed so he could get through them faster and just watch more movies. And I'm like, why, Dude. why watch movies at all? That's he didn't awful. care. Like he, I tried to tell him, I was like, you're missing like the flow of the, the movie. Like it's you know, Netflix like, has certain runtime for whether you like it or not. <laughs> like You can watch Netflix like, movies. Like he that. didn't get it. He's like, I want to watch more movies. Like this is, it's quicker this way. And I'm like, Dude, what, what? that's a weird mindset that I would never understand. What? Like, yeah. What were you watching it to like, win are you trying to win movies (laughs) just consume things i do that with podcasts because you know you have podcasts stack up and you need there's just only a finite amount of time but movies podcasts are not like a a podcast like this is not like a constructed edit right you're downloading information 
You're right. literally yeah. downloading yeah. information. It's I mean, not as, as great as we are, this is not art, what we're doing right no, now. We're just <laughs> talking. No, the you art of a podcast is the fact that you do it at all. That's it. Yeah. Doing Definitely. it, keeping up with it. That's the art. Yeah, the if you're trying to... If you're yeah. trying to watch this Kubrick film at one and a half speed, like you, you might as well just have your ass kicked. Like you someone should just be your, lobotomized. Break into your house and beat the shit out of you. <laughs> just be completely lobotomized, thrown in movie jail. It's. Really I mean, horrible. if you if you knew if we knew how people watch movies in their home, you'd be oh, appalled. Yeah. It's it's atrocious. You know, on their phones and just you know doing other playing video games and like. Ugh. How many times have you guys on your feed seen someone say? I'm halfway through blank and I it sucks. Fucking and I'm like, hate that. And I'm like, you're you're texting, you're posting during the movie. Your your opinion is nothing now. <laughs> there are people that that post photos from movie theaters. They're like, I'm in I'm in Dune right now or whatever. This is yeah. good. And I'm like, great. Shut the fuck up and watch the movie. <laughs> it's this is a sanctu- This is why I, I only tend make- to go to Alamo Draft Houses because they have such I've never high- strict. Yeah. Yeah, I've never walked out of a movie, and I've never not finished a movie on purpose. I don't like, believe you should review a movie you haven't seen all of. Number absolutely. one, absolutely, and number absolutely. two, it's the negative ones that annoy me when it's obvious you're using your phone during a movie. I'm like, yep. if you like it, I'm like less angry about it. But I'm like, you can't hate something that you're not watching all of or paying attention. To. Nope. It's not. No, I want to. I want to have the right to talk about this shitty movie I just watched for <laughs> for ninety minutes. I'm going to finish that fucker, and then I'm going to talk about it. Like right. I'm not going to just stop it halfway through. That's a waste of my time. I've already committed to this movie. You have a right to walk out of a movie, but don't. It's like if you didn't vote, don't complain don't about politics. Don't say you saw yeah. it. You didn't see it. You watched yeah. half of it. You yeah. know, because how many movies have, have we seen where it's like, I don't know, for like not for like you know the first mm-hmm. thirty minutes, and then it's like, oh wait, <laughs> and then it's like, okay, I'm down, I'm sold. Dude. You know what I mean? Dude, I watched The Covenant, one of the worst movies I've ever seen. The, the, is that what the, the boy? Is that what the guys like, were? Yeah, like the male, the male craft, the warlocks, oh. the warlocks. Yeah, <laughs> it's like literally, it's in my God. top ten worst movies I've ever Wait, seen. That's the trailer moment where the car deconstructs. Yes. <laughs> yes, it was. It was. I was. I was physically like ill, angry after I finished that movie, but I finished it. I can't believe I you brought that day. movie up. <laughs> There was there was a period there like 2006 and 2007 where most of my worst ever films are in those years like Ultraviolet. And oh my like, God, Ultraviolet! You know what you're gonna have to do? You have to do an answer podcast to 96. 96 is your year of power, and then do 2006. And 2006 oh. is your year oh of that year power. was like Date Movie and Dragon Wars. Like they all <laughs> came out in the same kind of time. It was that was a bad time for movies. Date Movie is one of the most angering experiences I've ever had. Because I was such a fan of spoofs in the 90s. And yeah. then to see those guys. Oh, those that was the, the rage in the oh, Like yeah. Epic rage. Movie and Date Movie. Oh my and, God. Yeah, when they came around, I was just Start so Start of a Scary angry. Movie. Scary Movie is what brought it upon Yeah, but even Scary Movie didn't go to those depths that those scary guys Scary Movie 2 is actually really, really funny. I like Scary, scary Movie The Scary too. Movies are, are funny compared to those other fucking yeah, terrible the seltzer freeberg movies are like the oh parodies they're God. trying to parody what the waynes brothers did right. is, is, is that like is that like the 300 one and the the superhero ones date movie yeah. epic oh wow movie, you know disaster your movie oh my god well, oh, yeah. i i was I, I was podcasting while some of this was happening and it was like oh a big god. topic so well, disaster movie is the worst made movie i've ever seen in a major studio theater you're an og podcaster I, 
I stopped after superhero movie. I couldn't finish it after superhero movie. I was like, I'm done. I'm not doing this again. (laughs) Superhero movie's not as bad to me because it was Craig Mazin and there's a story at least in it. Yeah, yeah. And then you have like movie 47 or something. I think I never watched. No, movie 43. It's it's got some good segments and it's not very good. Isn't that the one where Hugh Jackman's got like a dick nose or something? Yeah, he's, he's, he's got uh, balls growing balls out of his. Yeah, oh, he's got balls. balls. I, I look. I laughed. I'm not gonna lie. It, there's moments balls, in that balls on your. I mean, balls on your chin is funny. Like, yeah, you can't can't be denied. We, we gotta the do sad whole... part is movie 43 is nowhere near as funny as something like the 10. You know, I don't know if you guys have seen the 10. Love the 10. The love 10 is David hilarious. Wayne. Have yeah, we never David talked Wayne. about how much we love David? Uh, D- I love uh, David, David Wayne. Wayne. Do you watch? Do you like Stella? Oh my God! Yeah. Dude, Stella <laughs> is Stella is like my shit, dude. I love Stella. Yeah, I had a dream of like writing my own Stella shorts, like in that same exact vein. We even shot one. We shot a pilot. It was fifteen minutes long, and it was like it was basically just Stella surreal humor, like Three Stooges meets Stella. Just I love that. I love that comedy so much. It's my favorite. Absolutely, yeah. all those shorts you can watch them all on YouTube. The Stella shorts and the and the Comedy Central show was great. That that one season, a crime against humanity that it was not renewed for season two. Just that had me loyal to David Wayne along with Wet Hot American Summer. I was just like, I will watch anything this man makes because I just love his style of humor uh, along with Michael Showater and Michael Ian Black. They're yeah, just yeah. They're, they're great. But um, let me ask you this. What do you think? So Frankenstein is more of a revenant, right? Mm-hmm. What about what about Ed's dead mother? Is what is Ed's dead mother? I mean, the same thing, right? Uh, I know Nathan, you haven't seen it, but she's basically reanimated by a corporation that does it for money, right? Like they find people with a recently deceased uh, lover, uh, loved one, and then they reanimate them, and then there's like rules, like you have to feed her life. Yeah, so she's supposed to be fed like. Um, Roaches. Roaches, but she ends up eating a dog. <laughs> and it starts a chain reaction. And by the way, like, w- give me that HBO show. Give me that. No, straight up. Give me 10 episodes of that. Give me a fucking miniseries. It could and work. It's basically, oh. like, Santa Clarita Diet is basically kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah, which I, I enjoy, really I enjoyed that. the shit out of that. that. I didn't yeah. care yeah. about all the the mythology. Like, I don't need all that. But like Nathan Fillion is the dead head was so fun, like so great. It, it just a shame. I also, for some reason, find Timothy Oliphant funny, even though he's like obviously the most arrogant hot guy ever. But is he? I think he's really fun. I think he's, he's really, like, funny. really good. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's so really great in the Girl Next Door, which is an underrated film, by the way. And they have good chemistry. Um, the juice, the juice needs to be worth the squeeze, right? The juice needs to be worth the squeeze. Elijah <laughs> Dushku, Elisa yep. Dushku, yep. something like yeah. that. I do. That was Emil Hirsch. Emil Hirsch is in that. Alicia film. Cuthbert. Alicia Cuthbert. Yeah. She her her career sort of died out. She did not continue no. onward. She was in Twenty Four, and she's I, in a I couple think that movies. movie might not hold up for some people now, but probably no. not. Man, probably yeah, not. it's probably yeah, it's probably a little bit not okay. But yeah, but I, I, I did enjoy it back in the day. Timothy Olyphant is very good in that movie. Yeah, he he's really yes. good in that movie. And his chemistry with Drew Barrymore in Santa Clarita Diet made that show just absolutely phenomenal. Like it just, they played off each other so well. And then when it was canceled with no reprieve, I was really mad. Really, really And it was kind of the one like horror show that Netflix greenlit, right? Like 
They don't. Yeah, yes, they haven't done they much really... horror. They, they did a few horror movies. I think, well, they too. did you. You, was, I would consider to be horror. They and did those really good show. movies recently, right? Mm-hmm. Which I have not watched yet. I haven't watched them either. Um, okay, here is another Frankenstein-esque sort of undead film that came out recently that I thought was. I mean, nobody talks about this film. This dude is a friggin' genius. I have to find out. He made another film too. It's called Patchwork. Have you heard of Patchwork? Looking you're going, you're going deep, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I have not right. heard of Patchwork. I'm going to set this up for you. I'm not going to spoil it, but I'm going to set this up. Three women are kidnapped and wake up basically as one person. They are – their body parts are all consolidated into one body. They're sewn together into a singular human being and they communicate with each other in their mind. They're projected as their normal selves in an apartment. That's supposed to be a metaphor for there, the head, their head. What do they physically look like? Is their head just one normal head size? No, they look like a Frankenstein, like a regular Frankenstein regular. So they like look like a, a Frankenstein woman. Like there's they, a third of each brain in there. There's a third of each person in one person. I know, but I'm more asking how the brain but like works. who's outer. Is it like one girl's body and then everybody no, else? I guess like... they all they all share. I'm trying to find the movie right now. They all share. The, I'm just the thinking same of mind. like a head that is like super wide because it has no, 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 <laughs> no. It's like a third of each brain. But no, but it's so crazy because the girls have to work together to figure out how to work their new body and find out the fuckers that basically like uh you know slaughtered them and then reconfigured them into a single person it almost has like a human centipede vibe doesn't it it no it's it's actually it's like uh it's kind of got like a comedy it's kind of a comedy and it's also horrifying to me like the idea of this happening like it absolutely terrifying it came out in 2015 and yeah it's considered to be a horror comedy i highly highly recommend it Okay. Um, it's directed by a guy named Tyler McIntyre, and I would say that it fits within the realm. Did we just lose Jeff? Oh. Well, ain't that a bitch? Hello. Hello. Oh. Did you see me? <laughs> Hello. What happened? I was in the void for a minute. I got scared. Uh, me no, me and Nathan were alone, and then Nathan <laughs> popped away, and then I was alone there. <laughs> where where did I where did I lose you guys? You were uh, you were describing patchwork. Uh, you're just basically saying that you're recommending it, highly recommending it, and then you popped away. Okay, you know what he directed? You know what else he directed? Um, Tragedy Girls. Same guy. Oh, I love Tragedy, Tragedy Girls. Girls. Yeah, that's a good movie. Yeah, so I I thought Tragedy Girls was, in my opinion, Tragedy Girls is one of the best slashers of the last 20 years. I I think it's that good. There's like three different movies going on in that movie, and I love it. it, I I like it when they... I always like a kitchen sink movie where there's too much happening. Well, it's it definitely fits in the realm of slasher, and it's great. And his film before that is called Patchwork, and it is really gruesome. It's three people that are stitched together into one person and here's the synopsis ready three young women go out partying and wake up attached together as a frankenstein monster with their individual personalities still intact the three women set out to figure out what happened to them 
and it was on Shutter, I think, for a while, maybe. And it just, I wonder where it's streaming now. It, it, it's a must-watch film. Okay, um, uh, this is remi- I haven't seen that, Jeff, but I wanted to tell you this is reminding me of another movie that I think you guys should watch, yeah. which is quite the insane thing to exist. Have you ever heard of Mister Stitch? No. Oh, it, oh, is that the clown? No, it is not Stitches. It is Mister Stitch. Yeah. It is a movie written and directed by Roger Avery. I'm sure you okay. know who Roger Avery yes, is of, of yeah, fiction fame. It stars Rutger Hauer, <laughs> Will Wheaton. Oh my God! And it's about. I just want to read you the small synopsis here. Go ahead, Doctor Rue right Wakeman, which is Rutger Hauer, and his team yeah. create a young man with skin and organs taken from other men and women. The creature Lazarus, played by Will Wheaton, reads a lot of books and learns all about humans. But when he meets fascinating Doctor Elizabeth English, played by Nia Peoples. His life changes, and he decides to escape from the laboratory. Oh my is, god! I it is have a 1995 uh, TV movie. It also has um, Ron Perlman in it. Ron Jeremy, Tyler Negrum from uh, yeah, Ty- yeah, right, Tyler Negrum from Biodome. Yeah, but yeah, Ron Jeremy and Ron Perlman. You get the- that looks crazy. <laughs> it's great. I got a whole Holy list shit. of movies to watch now. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. I am I am watching this as soon as I can find it. It doesn't seem to be streaming anywhere. I actually so after you watch it, Jeff, we actually did this on my other podcast on my podcast bonus disc because we I, okay. I had never seen it. So that was quite a fun episode. I, I did not expect how crazy this movie is. Dude, this is a TV it's movie. It's not streaming. It's yeah. not streaming. It's hard to find. My friend Sean, uh Sean Jones, you might know him. See if uh, it's Camp, on Amazon. Camp Killer. Yeah. Um, he had a copy of it on DVD. So hmm. wow. Yeah, it's super weird, and I didn't, I had no clue it existed, and just the fact that it's Roger Avery and Rucker Hauer, I was like, okay, hey, you <laughs> can't Wheaton. go wrong with that. Okay, Will the Wheaton DVD, a Frankenstein monster DVD is forty seven ninety nine on Amazon. That That's is, how rare it is. Yeah, yeah, wow. it's out of print. It's I consider that when a movie, when a single disc costs that much for a shitty dvd movie. <laughs> who by the way this looks like you know when you have that weird logo at the top of the movie that quite clearly it's if you look from up like a the, picture of will wheaton from the movie he looks nuts no i, I haven't seen uh i just see a guy in bandages but when you see that logo this is a disc probably from 1998 at like the dawn of oh my god look at this chapter menu is it, is it by good times dvd uh it's a, no it just says dvd can I, DVD, if I send you a picture, could you put it on screen? I yeah, go ahead. Well, I have it. I have it right. Oh, you mean a picture of Will Wheaton? I just wanted you to see a picture of what Will oh, Wheaton looks like in this. I'm 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 putting I'm it's I'm so gonna put funny. it on the screen for you right now. Hold on. Will I just Wheaton. want I want Nathan to see it too. He just looks Hold on. <laughs> so nuts. Let me let me it's coming right now. Oh my god. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> I know, right? This is bana- I have to see this film. It's nuts, man. I have to see this film. This is where what's his face? Did you put the idea for? Hold on, it's coming right oh. now. Coming right now. But boom. Yeah, Holy like shit. <laughs> look at yeah, like like that the one with him and Rucker Howard, that picture with his like nipples and stuff. Oh my the god! Second one over. <laughs> what? <laughs> Hold on, I'm gonna click on some of these. Look at that, dude! Look at that, right? He's patchwork. He's really what? a man of. He's, he's a man of the world. He's made from everybody. Yeah. What is happening? 
I think the movie tries to have a commentary where he's like, yeah, he's like a man made of all types okay. of people. <laughs> Or something I, like that. I, I don't guess. think it delivers on that, but it tries to. So, should we start a GoFundMe so we can get a copy of this? Okay, I'm... so the non-US format is thirteen dollars and thirty-seven cents. So you can get it on DVD. Is it region three? I, I don't know. Probably not. My region two. Also, I'm not. I really want to stress. I'm not saying this is a good movie that I'm recommending. Oh, never mind. Movie. It's <laughs> dubbed in Spanish. It's just crazy that it exists. <laughs> this version is dubbed in Spanish. I'm not spending $13.37 on a movie that's been dubbed in Spanish when I don't even speak Spanish. It's not going to work. Not gonna I'll happen. ask my friend where it can be obtained or if he has a copy. We'll see. We'll, we'll, so, we'll go about... We'll before go about I forget, Friday. Patchwork reminded me it's not a zombie film, but it's really good and it's really low budget. It's called Conjoined and it's directed by Joe Grisafi. I don't know if you guys know Joe. He's a really cool no. dude. Um, okay. This guy, this guy falls in love with this girl, and he finally goes to her house to meet her, and she's a conjoined twin, and her twin is this psychopathic serial killer. And <laughs> it's really, really funny and really dark, but it, it's very low budget. But it's just got that. How did they do third... the twins? How did they do the conjoined twins? Oh, it's just, it's all low budget. The, stuff. the tagline so... is incredible. Uh <laughs> Fate brought them together. Flesh kept them together. Love will tear them apart. What's yeah. it called? What's it called again? Conjoined. Yeah, that looks Conjoined. great. Um, I have a very important reason to see this film now. I got a copy at um, Crimson Screen when I went there. The, they were selling copies there one year. Um, oh, they're just great. wearing a. They just wear a dress. Yeah, they just wear. They just cover it up. <laughs> Dude, that's so that's so much easier. Like in my mind, I was like, oh, if you want to do a movie with conjoined twins, they have to at least be the same height. They're gonna have to wear like a shirt that you know shows them, and then you know, like I don't know. I just I, I'm I looking mean, at this. This would be so hey, much easier to do. I the Adams family did it with just a piece of clothing. Why can't yeah the shirt? You know, they, yeah. They just had a dress, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my god. All right, yeah, I'm definitely going to check this out as well. It, it's a lot of fun. It's very, very droll. <laughs> you know who I want to see do zombies too as well? I don't. Do you guys watch American Horror Story at all? Zack Snyder? You want Zack Snyder to do zombies? No. Uh, hey, me and Jeff covered that on this show. We did. We we <laughs> talked about Army of the Dead for an hour. and I, can't, I actually think, think the prequel looks awesome. Oh, uh, Army of Thieves? But Zack no Snyder's interest. not directing it, so I kind of have more hope for it a little bit. There's, there's going to be people legit disappointed there's no zombies in that movie. <laughs> there's going to be a lot of people that stop halfway through the movie and text on Twitter and go, I'm, I'm in the middle of watching this movie and there's no there's zombies. zombies. There's no zombies. It's a weird it. choice to make a prequel to a zombie movie before this. <laughs> I, I legitimately want American Horror Story to do a zombie-themed season. They probably stayed away from that, though, because of The Walking Dead. I mean, it's... It's just well-worn territory. We didn't even of- talk about The Walking Dead, which is a, basically just a giant ripoff of the George Romero universe, except George Romero never saw a friggin' cent, even though his boys his boys all got paid, but he never saw a red cent from that well, show. I mean, that's I don't know if that's necessarily true. I mean, you can owe that homage to him, but I mean, whether you like Robert Kirkman or not, I mean, that is his kind of his own creation, like the comic I, book. I did read the comic book. I read the comic the, book yeah. as well, but I'll you say know. this: if I was gonna be cynical about The Walking Dead, I was a I watched for five years and then quit. 
I stopped. I don't know if it's I, if anybody's list. I stopped after they uh, killed Beth. I was like, I'm done. Like yeah. that was such a mean death, and there was no need for it. I was done after that. I stopped watching. Uh, so, I was gonna say, like going to horror conventions when I still did, it became very apparent to me that like The Walking Dead was kind of the Walmart of horror. It's the where, Walmart. Of, it's absolutely you know I mean? like, the mm-hmm. Walmart of horror. One hundred and fifty percent. I don't want to say people can't enjoy things. It was just like when I was at those conventions, I realized there's a lot of people that weren't normally there that were like only there for the Walking Dead stuff, and they had <laughs> hey, no clue about any, anything else. And I was like, you okay. want to come watch Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer? <laughs> I don't want to be a gatekeeper. You know, I don't want to you know. be a gatekeeper. But it's obvious what that show. Was no, I, I get what you mean. Yeah. Listen, I read. I read The Walking Dead from 2004 to 2019. Like every six months, I read the entire series mm-hmm. front to back. I'm a loyal, loyal fan of that comic book. And I do. I do love Robert Kirkman and what he did. And I'm reading Invincible now. I got to issue 47 of Invincible, which I'm really enjoying. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, like whether it's homage or not, like it is literally to me, it's I mean, he admits it. He wears his, his influence on his sleep plain as day. He says I wanted to make a series that that um, basically is a, a Romero movie that never ends. And it just uh, it just upsets me that I, I wish that Romero could have tasted that because that dude was so frustrated at the end of his career. You know, he's making these straight to video DVD, you know, zombie movies. We, we really didn't you know? talk about the second trilogy at all yet. It's. Oh, oh my god! I, I haven't mean, seen it. I haven't seen Survival of the Dead since it. I came like out. I like Land, sort of. I, yeah, Land's okay. Other, yeah, Land's okay. I, I, I like Diary. I, there's a lot of people that hate that movie, but I yeah. think as a found footage movie, it's actually really good. Haven't um, seen it since it came out. Don't even remember it. Really, Survival can fuck off for all I care. <laughs> I mean, Survival is yeah. hilarious because it's literally ends. The you know what I remember from Survival one that they all eat a horse, which I'm like, hey, wait a minute. That's from The Walking Dead. And then I'm like, hey, wait a minute. The Walking Dead's from George Romero. So I'm like, I'm that, like, what? That movie is just that movie was just George Romero trying to play catch up. And it's just like trying George, to play catch up. Everybody's done this already. <laughs> like, and you know what's so sad? The sad truth about George Romero. This is the tragedy of George Romero is that that dude made some of the most interesting non-zombie movies. Absolutely. Night Riders. Yep. Night Riders, Martin, Creepshow, Season of the Witch. Even Bruiser is a good movie. I mean. Dude, I love Bruiser. And fucking Monkey Shines is bananas. (laughs) Monkey Shines is insane. Have you you guys both seen Monkey Shines? Absolutely, dude. Monkey Shines is bananas. (laughs) 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 God. fucking rips off the monkey's head i, I, mean, I think other than his other than the original dawn i mean uh zombie trailer i think his i think his his non-zombie movies are, are more interesting like i wish he had done more of that stuff than go back to, well i think he, he couldn't get funding know, he went for back anything, to the zombie right? movie because that was probably what was successful and he was trying to get that success back and he but. barely got money for them you know yeah. like he barely yeah. such a shame dude such uh, a shame. Do, you, do you guys ever think like the turning point could like if there's another dimension where he directed Resident <laughs> Evil, and it actually, oh my god, you know what I mean? Like, remember when that was going to happen? Probably, yeah, in like '99, it probably yeah. would have exploded. But here's the thing: he couldn't tolerate, he couldn't play the game. 
That was Romero's problem. He could yeah. not play the game. He walked. There's a famous thing. You know, he was going to do the mummy at one point, mm-hmm. and which I would, which is another version of undead that we didn't talk about. You have mummies. Mm-hmm. Mummies right. are absolutely zombies. They are almost sort of revenants too, right? They're revenants. They're they're yeah. magical. They're like these magical creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, they're super strong, and uh, you know you have your, all different varieties of mummies too. But um, he was going to do the mummy, and he just he walked into a meeting in L.A. or something. This was like 1998. It was like classic sheepdog era George Romero, where he looked kind of like a sheepdog. Um, with his hair, the way his hair was, he had the big rimmed glasses. Love that era of George Romero. And he was just like, fuck this. I'm going to get out of here. I don't give a yeah. shit. I'm just not going mean, to do it. You to know? be fair, I, if you take both of those movies, and I, I actually i am a really big fan of The Mummy, but it's not a horror movie in any sense of the word. Which yeah. horror? I mean, which 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 Mummy? Which the, mummy? the Mummy and The Mummy Returns, I think, are very fun, but they're not horror films. They're not so. horror films. Yeah, right. I they're actually, horror, I actually they're horror like, adjacent. I'm actually Jason. a fan of Resident Evil, even though it, I don't. I'm not going to defend it, nor do I think it's the, a horror movie. The, the first one, I can watch the first one absolutely. I, yeah, but I can they're watch the first one and like the fourth one. They're monster yeah. movies. Uh, the are, mummy, but, the mummy, gonna... and the mummy returns are monster movies. And the thing is, even though they are action adventure, and I just rewatched both of them, and not only do they hold up, except for the CGI, they're super fucking fun. I kind of like the bad CGI, to be honest. <laughs> it's <laughs> like really bad. The hey, scorpion terrible, King but... CGI is the only thing that ruins it for me. For those the scorpion movies. CGI is like, <laughs> it's like it's so. You see the, there's guys on the amazing. internet that fixed it. They made it better. Yes. Corridor yes. Digital. Yeah. On that yeah. on that YouTube channel, yeah. they're yeah. brilliant guys. But, are those the same guys that did the better um, de aging for the Irishman too? That's embe- uh, that, the Irishman is an embarrassment, so, yeah. dude. That's an imbe- that is absolutely that, an embarrassment. That shit didn't work. I like the movie, but that I like that, the movie too. It didn't yeah. work for me at all. They, not they, they in not the least. Good. It was. I was like, really? That's what you needed? A hundred? They should have. They should have casted younger. You know, should have got like Miles Teller or so. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm, did you guys see? Did you guys see? It's amazing. Obsessed with the gimmicks, man. I know we're not talking about zombies right now, but did you see Spike Lee's um, uh, what was it? The war movie he made for Netflix. It was great. Oh, I, I love that movie. No. Yeah, Five Bloods. Um, the, the, instead of doing any, because he they didn't give him the Martin Scorsese money, so <laughs> the younger versions of the guys are just played by the older actors because it's a flashback, mm-hmm. and it's just in the mind of them, so it doesn't matter that they're not young. That's and pretty it works So much. It's like them and Chadwick Boseman. Chadwick Boseman is their old war buddy who's young. What an interesting <laughs> storytelling device. Dude, it's great. It works so device. much better than because, like the Irishman, you're distracted the whole time. You watch Spike Lee's movie, and it's just beautiful. Walter Hello. White's Walter checking White. in from New Zealand. How how are you, Walter White? What I was going to say, oh. Jeff, real quick, was about if Romero did direct those two movies back in that era, I don't know if they would be as successful as they. Which were. ones? Which ones? Uh, the, Resident, Resident Evil? Evil and the Mummy, because. Back then, I think the action sold, and I don't think I don't see Romero doing. It wouldn't have been action. Romero make make the mummy like that. No, no, he no. couldn't. And that's but okay. it would have been. Fu- it was, still would have been interesting. It you know what it would have been about? Yeah. It would have been about some greedy corporation wanting to exploit a mummy. That's what it would have been about, and it would have been cool. But it just wouldn't. I'll tell you something else. But but, but look how. But it wouldn't have been the light. The light as a feather fun of those movies. You know. No. No, it yeah. wouldn't have been. It pro- I probably would prefer if I got to jump dimensions and watch both of those movies. I would probably pick Tim. Uh, uh, what's his Stephen name? Summers. Summers. Stephen Summers' movie. I'm a fan uh, of Stephen Summers. Have in, you seen? In, in defense of Paul W. S. Anderson, because he gets shit on yeah. a lot. I, oh, I like, love. I love him, Nathan. I like Death Race, 
I like Event Dude, Horizon. It's a- Death Race like, is so good. The, the Yo, first Death Event Race Horizon is, is, is so good, shit. man. Love Event Horizon. Event yeah, Horizon's yeah. awesome. I like I love Mortal Kombat. I, Soldier's awesome to me. I love Soldier. Soldier is really good. Oh, yeah, Soldier's, Soldier's, Soldier's the true Blade, Blade Runner 2. Yes. Soldier is Blade yes. Runner 2. I'm Blade so Runner glad 20, you know that. When Blade Runner 2049 came, I kept calling it Blade Runner 3. <laughs> <laughs> like, Soldier, they made you already. Soldier, you Blade Runner, and everybody Alien are all on in the same universe. All three yeah. of those movies are in the same universe. Wait, which? What besides Soldier and Blade Runner? What else? Alien. They're all yes. in the same universe. I've, I've always said this. Like at this point, I look at his career and I'm like, you can say he made a bunch of shitty movies, or you can say this guy has been doing what he loves the entire time. Sure. And also, I mean, he ended up making movies with starring his wife for like a decade, right? Like yeah. he's married to that's the dream, right? Right. I mean, like at this point, he's an auteur to me, and he mm-hmm. loves gory action, silly sci-fi stuff. The dude made Mortal Kombat. He made you know yeah. Alien vs Predator. Are they great? Um, you know, they're fun. actually, <laughs> Alien vs Predator is super fun. I rewatched it. Yeah, very it's, recently, and it's, it's like the fun. people that are like, oh, he sucks. That you've se- I've seen every one of his movies though. You know what I mean? Like it's. I used to at, say. At, at, at He's, some point, you would have to go. I'm not watching any more of his movies. I've seen every single one of his films. <laughs> Same. I he's kind of the career I kind of wish I had. Like I would you totally know? be happy being both is, W.S. Anderson. Is, is Pompeii a good movie? No, but I no, watched it. I, I, I look forward to watching Pompeii. it. <laughs> Dude made Event Horizon. It's like, come on, Event Horizon is fantastic. I always uh, say like, there's Paul, there's P.T. Anderson, and then there's you know Paul W.S. Anderson. I always said the W.S. stands for way shittier. <laughs> <laughs> but I always get the two confused. I always, always, always get the two confused. It always like to sort of like as a social experiment. We should we should like pay both of them to make one of each other's scripts that they're like they switch <laughs> like strangers on a train yeah like, like strangers on a train but with movie making I'll make your I movie see and you'll make Anderson, my movie <laughs> P.T. Anderson making like Resident Evil <laughs> oh my I'll god I drink your milkshake I'll put my straw Paul W S Anderson directing uh, like Phantom Nights. or Phantom Thread by Paul W S Anderson oh <laughs> my god. Okay, oh that God. is also a really fun game, not for, to be played tonight, but in the future. Directors having one director direct somebody else's movie and what that would be like, because that is a endless fun game where you could just sort of go on and on. And I on. love that game because it always shows to me how comedy usually comes out on top as far as difficulty. Mm-hmm. You know, like the whole. Martin Scorsese can't make Step Brothers, but Adam McKay could probably make a Martin Scorsese movie. You know what I mean? Like, th- like if you took those two versions, one is going to be way better, and it's probably the Adam McKay one. I'm not saying it would be as Dude, good as Scorsese. Wait a minute, hold on. Martin Scorsese Step Brothers. <laughs> what the it fuck? Would, that would not be good, right? It would... No, it would be absolutely... It might be wait. good, but it wouldn't be funny. That's for sure. Right. It would yeah, start... it wouldn't be funny at no, all. It would start with a voiceover. <laughs> it would start with a voiceover from Will Ferrell's character about living with his dad. <laughs> and then it would c- cut to a vo- uh, same Ray, voiceover. Ray Liotta is the father. and uh, Yes, of course. Know. Oh, no, no, God. no. Uh, <laughs> reverse that. Reverse that. He, uh, Will Ferrell lives with his dad. and jo- No, John C. Riley lives with his dad. And Will Ferrell lives with his mom, yeah. and it's the voiceovers of the two of of the two either the two parents do the voiceovers or or Will Ferrell and John C. Rutt. There's a voiceover. 
and then yeah, they meet for the first time. It's an unknown narrator. It's like Adam it, Scott or something. Yeah, like, let's, let's, I mean, let's say this. Uh, Step Brothers is barely a movie. It's an improv act that is it's, edited it's together, which is yes. why it's funny. A sketch movie. Yeah. It's yes. only funny if you let go of the fact that it's not. They're like, okay, movie. well, what are you going to say? I'm right. going to punch you in the face because it's going to really hurt you. <laughs> right. It's like, just Adam McKay going, say this. Now say this. Yeah. Scorsese can't do that. No, he can't. <laughs> he can't do that. Oh, why? You're right. Why I don't want him to do that. It's why are you so sweaty? As watching cops. <laughs> but isn't it yeah. funny how that movie is just as quotable as goodfellas like you it is could yeah endlessly you know, what, you know what's super Step quotable what? i will go to bat for the other guys any day of the week the that other guys is great which hysterical which shot scenes right down the road from here on central avenue in front of pastinas <laughs> did you just scream america <laughs> yo i'll tell you something else okay here's another example (laughs) okay here's another example someone's like someone um pre i don't know when this film came out well let's say like someone in the year 2003 is like hey what if what if michael bay tried to make a comedy (laughs) like that would be so stupid game and then he (laughs) fucking did and then he fucking did and it's and it's one of his best fucking movies easily I saw oh, that. Like, so I'm not kidding both of you. I saw it five times in theaters. Five That's times. so fucking good. I love Michael Bay. Michael <laughs> Bay is a good movie. I love Michael Bay. Casting I love Michael Bay outside of basically Transformers. If you remove Transformers. Agreed. I, 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 I'm a huge full fan. Stop. And I'm not, I've only seen the first one. Because I'll tell you something. When you watch those Transformers transform, you literally cannot, like, my, like, my brain, I'm going, like, what what like what's happening right like i can't i can't actually visually process what's happening I not wish we got a stop motion animation transformers live action movie in from the 80s you know what i mean yeah yeah because that's how they would have to do it back then is like okay it's like stop motion like ray tim harry burton's <laughs> tim burton's transformers directed by henry selick <laughs> <laughs> It's oh like literally God. just saying that. That's the punchline. Yeah. Like what Johnny I just Depp said. Like the you get the joke. Oh it's like a verbal, that's dude, awful cast. It's a verbal <laughs> that's so meme. That's so it's bad. a verbal fucking meme. Like I just said it, and you juxtaposed those two ideas together. Because any film, any like cinephile knows that the joke of Henry Selleck not getting any credit for his entire career. Right. <laughs> right. Tim his Burton's. greatest achievement has been totally overshadowed by Tim Burton. Tim Burton's Transformers. Oh my what God. What is that? The making of or something? There's some video on Nightmare on Elm Street and it's just like. They got Nightmare a lot of Christmas. fights. Henry Selleck, was, Henry Selleck was like, he wasn't even on set for more than like a day. <laughs> like, he's like, it's my movie. <laughs> It's um, like he was never there. <laughs> you want to know something? Okay. It is – I mean, yes. He, he totally – that totally is what happened. But to be fair, he did write the story. He did write – he was involved with the, the script. He did write the story. It's his there visual a, look. You, yeah, you, can, you, you can't know. deny that the design no, is No, no. Yeah. That's not I what mean, I mean. Henry Selleck brought the film to life. It, without sure, Henry sure. Selleck, there's, so, there's no film. Look, and it, I'm a monkey bone fan. I can't help it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy monkey bone. I don't remember that movie at all. I, don't, I just remember Chris Kattan being dead. That's literally it's, all I remember. Hey, movies I just don't remember. Hey, there's a full circle for you because, yeah, the last act of monkey bone, Chris Kattan is a reanimated corpse. With the soul of like Brendan Fraser. Okay, we're gonna end on that note. <laughs> Monkey Bone is a zombie movie. See what happens, Chris, when you go away. Look what we've done to the show. Look what we've done to the show, Chris. 
It's that's turned what, into this monkey boat. That's what happens when you got guys who really love movies. You just end yeah, up no, just talking I mean, about oh my God. everything. I fucking, you know? I honestly, I fucking love this. Like, yeah, no, when are great. we going, guys? When are we going to turn this into something? I, I, I'm to willing do. to do this all the time. I don't care. We yeah. we have to turn this into something, and I want to just keep playing this game over and over again. Where you think of one movie, can we end with two? All right, everybody, come up with one. Come up with one. With one what specifically? One of those movie. things those things because it's so fucking funny oh you mean if a director directed like this tim thing? burton's transformers come up with one come up with okay. anything um we looking for stuff right that would now. be a disaster or stuff that would be good like interesting um it could be but that's what's so great about the game it's polarizing it's either going to be a disaster or it's going to be the best fucking thing ever right like steven spielberg's the 120 days of sallow or whatever yes <laughs> perfect perfect <laughs> Okay, ready? I got one. John Waters, Forrest Gump. <laughs> that would probably be an improvement. And nothing wrong with Forrest John Gump. John Waters, I mean... Forrest Gump. <laughs> it would just add a bunch of like fecal matter and piss and vomit in the movie. <laughs> like he's just eating shit out of the and, chocolate. And obviously, you, it would, obviously, it would star divine. It would be divine. Divine yes. would star in Forrest Gump, dude. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, okay. I'm gonna make a serious thing, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say Go something ahead. that almost happened that I wish did. Okay, it's a thing that didn't happen, which was Joe Dante's Jaws three. Oh yeah, Jaws oh, three wow. people zero. Yeah, Jaws three people zero. Like, I mean, Jaws three. I don't know <laughs> if I'm a fan. I've seen it like way too many times. It's not um, good. I love Jaws three. Love it. <laughs> Jaws love three. Every yeah, love it's God Jaws Junior. three, man. That's about it, though. <laughs> Okay, I mean, that shot, you have the, the shot with the shark coming through the window. Dude, I mean, classic. Best shot classic. ever. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and the dolphins at the end, the compositing on the dolphins at the end yes. when they jump up and they're 3D. Yes. They look so I saw, I saw like an actual like uh, screen, 35 millimeter screening of that like five years ago. And I just was Amazing. like incredible at that. It used to be acceptable. Starring Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid is in that film. <laughs> But like Unreal. the non-shark stuff of that movie is so ungodly inert and boring. It's yeah, insane. and the yeah. idea is actually a great idea. It's just you know, it's like not a bad idea. It just I kind of feel like Deep Blue Sea was like the remake, that. the remake of Jaws three and outside the franchise. Which, by the way, Thomas Jane would absolutely be the guy in the red jumpsuit that gets eaten that's thomas jane like before thomas jane so totally works so yeah so deep blue sea is rennie harlan's jaws <laughs> yeah um really is. yeah okay so i as much as i love die hard if you read the original book yeah the the book is so fucking good and it's so dark I would love to see either a remake with like Ben Wheatley directing it or like um, I would like to have seen like Sam Peckinpah like direct the original version of mm -hmm. Die Hard. Okay. Because it is like, have you, have you, have you seen, do you know what happens in the book? No. I Tell haven't us. read it. No. Tell us. <laughs> is this a book or a, a, a novelization? No, it's 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 what the movie is based on. Like it was, it's originally a book. Remember okay. also too, like the I think the the other book was adapted to a movie that was stars Frank Sinatra, and then absolutely, yeah, Frank yeah. Sinatra was almost going to star in Die Hard. And which uh, is the most crazy he thought. Said, he said no because he read the script. Right. And uh, but the Thank original God. book, like it's it's him. He's like a hard boiled cop, but it's his daughter. 
that he's going to visit. It's not his wife is or his ex-wife. Um, and at the end of the movie, he kills all the bad guys, but then he, uh, his daughter dies. Like she falls off the building accidentally. <laughs> it's just like super dark, super fucked up. Holy crap. Yeah. It's really nihilistic. Um, wow. And I, I just want to see that made into a movie. <laughs> it's the same thing with the running man. If you read the actual running man, the book is so much better okay. than the movie. The I book, love the running. Okay. Man, and though, the man. ending, the ending is kind of insane considering nothing, what would happen. There's nothing wrong with the life. movie. I enjoy the movie. Don't get love me wrong. The movie. Yeah, the book is my fucking shit. nuts. If you if you've ever read nuts. that, the ending is just insane. Like the the ending is literally insane. <laughs> How about Lars von it. Trier's The Running Man? <laughs> okay, that's good. <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> good lord, I dig that. But like Paul Verhoeven would have been a perfect choice to do like The Running Man if you were being faithful to the book. Like yeah, it yeah. would have been a great entry in his filmography. Okay, RoboCop. Again, I, I enjoy The Running Man. It's crazy, but the book is way darker and more subversive. It's a different. As... It's like a different beast completely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait. So okay. So the the ending. Why has nobody ever written like a thought piece or anything about the fact that like like I'm, I'm I read The Running Man I think in t- 2002 and my jaw hit the ground. When like the movie literally ends with him holding his guts into his belly as he runs a plane into the building, into the he runs a plane into the into the game show or whatever to the building, and just and I was just like, holy shit! Like I'm like that really just fucking happened. Like that it had such an impact on me because and what I really want to see them do, I can't been dying for the Long Walk forever, which is the other Bachman book. Like, a long walk. I can't believe that's been not been made into a movie. It's, it's I mean, insane. I think eventually it will, right? We're kind of no, they're, they're work- Renaissance, right? I'm sure they're, they're working on it now. But... They're working on it. They're working on it. After the success of like It and all that. Okay, what about okay, Will Ferrell as RoboCop oh, directed Ed- by Adam McKay. Edgar Wright. <laughs> Edgar Wright is doing a remake of The Running Man. I didn't realize that. Really? Until is that really a thing that's happening? He's He's adapting it directly from the novel. Holy shit. Oh my god. All right. I mean, I'm down if Edgar Wright's. All right, you know what makes me concerned about this though? I kind of here's the thing. Even with everything we just said, I kind of like the Running Man where it is, and here's why. Because I, when I think about the remake of Total Recall and how it completely doesn't have the feel of the of the 1990 version, like I just can't imagine Running Man as anything but what it is, and I just don't want to see it touched. The only reason I have hope would be Edgar Wright himself, but well, I, he's remember, a great filmmaker. I remember he's Verhoeven a great talking about the Total Recall remake, and it was great, because he admitted, like, he's like, I mine had Arnold in it, and anything you put Arnold in has natural levity. Like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he he took, they, he knows, he knew to took it seriously, but he also knows that Arnold's presence itself brings a tone that is immutable. You can't you can't suppress Arnold and the tone he brings. No. And that's a, both a curse and a, you know, a superpower. You, you don't have Richard Dawson anymore, who is the best part right. of that movie. Yeah. And oh, he's who, such a who, scumbag. Who would you cast in place of Richard Dawson now? Like, ooh, I mean, ooh, you know. ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, John oh, Malkovich. I know. I know. The John guy, <laughs> the, guy from, the guy from Dawn of the Dead and Modern Family. The Bruce Campbell look like Bruce Campbell guy. Uh, what's his name? 
whoever the Bruce oh, Campbell Ty, is. Ty Burrell. Ty Burrell. Yes. Yeah. He plays a great douchebag in Dawn of the Dead. So he I would mean, be great. I think he could do that role justice. Throw him a bone. Why not Bruce Campbell? Bruce Campbell. Yeah. Done Bruce deal. Campbell. Done Bruce, fucking deal. I would just like never, to see Bruce Campbell get a spotlight like that. He's never you know? been a Bruce bad Campbell guy. Or, he's not a or bad guy. Mark Hamill. Uh, I'm Ooh, good too. Mark, Mark Hamill, Hamill is an excellent underrated actor that does not get enough credit. It has to be that Chucky okay, So basically, what we're saying, we're, we want like a char- like a, a character actor, a really meaty really character, char- like Michael yeah. Ironside or Brad Dourif or yeah, yes. that yes, kind absolutely. of a character. Or dare I say, Jeffrey Combs. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Combs. Combs be amazing. Yeah, yeah. I think I see him Combs doing those scenes. I just. I was hope we can. I think before Bruce Campbell is too old to act, <laughs> you know, he's he's, you know, he's got a few decades left. But I'd love to see him get a big part in a movie like that. Like I, I was hoping Raimi could do it at some point. Maybe he'll have a big part in um, Doctor Strange too. I don't know, but I would like to see. He'll like, definitely Bruce be Campbell. in it though. I feel like he's popular enough now where it's financially viable, right, to do that. And he's firmly guys... put Evil Dead behind him. Like, he is so, right, like... He is a household done. name now, yes. more than he's ever been. Why yes. can't he be in a big studio movie? Do you think those guys, like, they're just not interested in doing that kind of stuff? Like, because you look at, like, Mark Hamill. He, there was a period where he didn't want to do movies yeah, because he thought he was ugly after the car crash. He didn't think he was going to get cast as anything, right. which is why he, switched to voiceover. he went into voice work. But he's a really I mean, if you're seeing yeah, Sushi he's Girl, <laughs> like in a movie like Sushi Girl, like he was excellent in that movie. <laughs> yeah. But like those guys definitely could get bigger parts. I just don't be know. Honest, I was really let down by Sushi Girl. I, I mean, it's not a great film. He's really good in the movie. Yeah, he's good. Actually, he was unrecognizable. I didn't. It was like, whoa, holy shit, that's Mark Hamill. Mm-hmm. Like, I was blown away that, that was Mark Hamill. Tony yeah. Todd, Mark Hamill. But I gotta be. I gotta tell you, I was a bit let down by that film. The poster did not deliver what my expectation. I didn't watch the trailer. I just went into the film, and it just did not. Um, I don't know. It just didn't work for me. It had uh, moments. It was. It was trying it to be over substance kind it of. It had thing. moments. <laughs> Tony Todd as a replacement for Richard Dawson would be interesting. Tony Todd. Yeah, Tony. Yeah. Imagine that voice. Todd. That voice. Or like Keith David. What? Oh, yeah, that's good. Just Keith either David. him or imagine them being boisterous and trying to get a crowd on their side. We never have seen that from them. Yeah. That would be really yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go yeah, watch Ron, the Ron Perlman. Yeah. Ron oh, Perlman yeah. is good. Ron Perlman. Here's the problem. Ron Perlman doesn't have the look for like, he doesn't have like a TV like host look. No, if you're casting, you know he's more like uh, he's Clay Morrow from Sons of Anarchy. Like he's got more. Hence rugged... why Bruce Campbell is the one to go with. Bruce Campbell is yeah. is absolutely hands down the pick for that. It's if not... you if you could do a remake of the Dirty Dozen, like forget Inglorious Bastards, forget the Expendables. I mean, like an actual remake of the Dirty Dozen. Well, they did. Would... It was called Small Soldiers. Who would be? <laughs> we're, we're, small Soldiers did it. Did it right. I know. I don't want to. I don't want to talk bad about small soldiers. But who would be like? Soldiers. Who would be your Lee Marvin? Your Charles Bronson? You know your your Telly Savalas? Your Donald Sutherland? Who would those guys be? It's a different. It's a different question than like the Expendables because the Expendables was specifically action heroes. You're asking. Yeah, me. We're looking for like macho character actors. Like you know what the problem is with something. I mean, like I that. throw Michael Ironside in there. Yeah, Michael Ironside. Absolutely. You know what the problem like is with Ironside. that. The problem is that's like that's like saying like who would you cast in Jaws to replace the people that are in Jaws? Yeah, it's it feels almost you irreplaceable. Just can't, 
It's same thing with Back to the Future. Who would you who would you recap? You can't. You can't. These are movies that are. I dread the day that Zemeckis and Gale die, like, and that that they finally have the rights to remake it. Jurassic Park. Imagine them trying to remake Jurassic Park, the original, and like like an actual remake. They're going to remake everything. It's like developing every piece of land. You know, it's going to happen. This is going to happen no matter what. I mean, like RoboCop is my favorite movie of all time, hands down, and they they've already remade it. And you know, that was you know, hell yeah. You know, they remade um, it, and I try yeah, not just to just one the hand. Remake, it's know? left as one hand in that thing. <laughs> and you know what? The remake, to, and I, you know, I'm a super fan too. Michael man. Keaton is great in that. Yeah, I like the remake Keaton. isn't bad. It's just kind of forgettable. That's it's the, forgettable. That's totally the forgettable. well made, forgettable film that you go and you, you, you know, you watch once for fun, and that's it, and you're done. Yeah, and yeah. It didn't have, and I, and it wasn't his fault. The guy who played him, what's his name, Kinnaman? Yeah. Like he's fine. He I like him better in Suicide stuff. Squad. Yeah, he's in Suicide Squad. I yeah. hate that they had the original suit in that movie and, and they, they made fun of it. it. They made fun of it and they put him in. Not know, a fan of the suit design the, at all. Not space a space age dildo. You know, was yeah. the second outfit. Yeah. No, not a fan. I mean, there's very few remakes that'll ever be memorable, and that's a that's what it is, right? We've talked. You about know, that. yeah, it's true. I mean, they're remaking Weird Science. You know, I mean, really? that's a movie. That's a movie of its time. You can't remake that movie. It's the same thing as trying to remake The Breakfast Club. They should, or they should, you just can't do it. You they're going to reverse it. They, um, they're yeah, they reverse should gender swap it. Yeah, they have they, to. They will gender swap it. God, know. please, don't do the same thing. Don't do the guy, because they'll never hear the end of it. You know. But, yeah. And no, I just don't want to see it again. They did that already. And, and, yeah, it's, like it. I said, it's a product of its time. That movie is hysterical because it took place in the 80s. It's uh, not... You, it the would guy, not work. He, he just said they should remake Lord of the Rings. Uh, I, Amazon's literally making a lord of the rings tv show so yeah and it cost them a billion dollars but isn't like, that like it's not remaking lord of the rings it's not What's a that? remake though it's, Yo, it's no like, it's, it's like basically like the Cimmerillion, i think yeah kinda. oh 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 that reminds me okay so i'm watching Lindsay ellis and that video that you recommended because i remembered on the pot we're listening to the frighteners podcast i was like oh yeah Lindsay oh ellis. you're watching the hobbit videos i'm made? watching really the good. hobbit yeah. videos and i have to tell you first of all this this girl blows me away Dude, with she her is incredibly I'm smart. just taking notes. Oh my god. I'm like how I'm like, okay, I need to do this sort of thing for my channel. I need to figure out and you know what it starts with in all honesty? You just need a good script. You just need to write your entire well, their video essays. You need she, to write an essay. She's a novelist. She's so. a great writer. Yeah. She's a phenomenal writer. And I'm just going, like the here's the one thing I don't understand though. She has all those movie clips in her films, in her in her videos. I, I can't see how she's monetizing these videos. Like, how does she get I them? She's I got think, millions of subscribers. I, I don't think she monetizes them. She can't. I don't, I don't know the business end of it, but her stuff is like it's some of the most introspective, well researched stuff I've ever seen. I'm like, how YouTube, can I so. do this? Like, I want yeah. to do this for my channel. I'm like, just thinking. I'm like, I got hot takes. Like, I could figure out how to. I just got to figure out. You know, I can edit. I just got to figure out how to do that because that, like, oh my god, I'm like watching. I'm and I'm savoring it like a steak. Like, I just finished the first episode. Dude, when and, you get to the third one, it, it's heartbreaking. Even for Peter Jackson, you're well, like, I'll tell you something. Why did he have to she, go through this? The way she breaks down, she hasn't really gotten into Peter Jackson yet, but the way she breaks down the she's I mean, this is her brilliance. And and this is this is just something that like blew blew me away. She's like, All right, look, look at the word count for all these books. This is what the Hunger Games is, this is what Lord of the Rings is, this is what the Hobbit is. The Hobbit has ninety-five thousand words compared to the sum total of all three Lord of the Rings books, which is almost half a million words, right? 
She goes, these three books were three movies where they had to cut a bunch of stuff away. The Hobbit at 95,000 words was divided into three books and then had to be divided, subdivided into all these different acts. You had to have act one, act two, act three for each one of these things, which then created some filler. And I love that she has that shot of, what's his name? Legolas, Legolas, whatever, Orlando Bloom. Legolas, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, running on the green screen and like running up the bricks that are slowly falling away because I, that's the moment in the Hobbit movies where I just started. I literally started cackling out I loud out during that. Yeah. I I just absolutely I and the same thing with the bear. There was something with the barrels. The, the, oh, they, yeah. they all the blend river scene together. It's atrocious. The, Dude, they it's, just it's one of the worst things together. that he's ever made. It, it's really. Oh bad. my god. Yeah. Like, I just, like, I, I can't even, like, I can't even recall. I watched all three of those films in the theater, and I can barely recall. I, I spent nine hours watching these films. I remember Liegolas doing this on the... <laughs> I like you call him Liegolas. <laughs> Whatever, I can't say it. I, I miss Malamprop here. It's but those movies, and I don't hate them, I'll have to say that. The, the second, the theatrical, the, the, the theatrical cut of the second one was the worst of the three but then I watched the director's cut of the second one, and it actually made it a better film. So if really? you have a chance to want to go back and watch the director's cut that of Desolation of Smog, it actually makes uh, Thorin's character more believable, and it actually adds a lot of depth to that. Is film. that where they pour the gold on the dragon? Yes. Yes. I mean, yeah. like, I just... But those, but those movies, like that Hobbit trilogy, yeah. would be what the Lord of the Rings trilogy would have been if somebody else had directed it. Yeah, other than someone who You're actually so right. movies. You're so right. You're so right. Joe Schmo, like Yann DeBont or somebody, you know what I mean? Like directed those, it would have been The Hobbits. That uh, that kind of thing would have been what The Lord of the Rings was. Just a bunch of goofiness. It's, okay. It sucks because it's like this big mar on Jackson. When, when it, like it's not, I, if you watch those videos, it's not really his fault. He, he, no, he, I feel he bad was put for into him. a situation where he had to make movies he kind of didn't want to. And I can't imagine doing that. First, watching that video where he's just standing on set and he literally just looks lost, and he looks at the camera because they're doing the BTS stuff, right? And they left it in, and he's like, "Everybody, like, there's like a there's like a stairway going up. It's all green screen stuff, and it's just it just there's nothing real. It's just all green screen props. Like, how do you know where you're going? Like, how do you know what you're doing? He looks so sad, and he looks to the camera and he goes. Everybody's going to be back from lunch in about an hour. And I have no idea how I'm going to shoot this. I have and, no idea. The thing is, too, like, <laughs> yeah, like that little scene right there. Or like, I would say, I wouldn't say all directors about a lot, many directors, but Peter Jackson is like a good human being. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think he's a megalomaniacal ego case or no, anything. No, he's no, not. No. It's so obvious what a good person he is. So when you watch that behind the scenes stuff, it is truly heartbreaking because he's in over his head. And he never wanted mm-hmm. this. You know, it's funny, you too. Know. I've been holding off on getting Lord of the Rings on Blu-ray forever because I said, eh, you know, I should just wait until they do all the Hobbit ones. And then whatever the the big gold treasure box set comes out, that's the one that I will get and be done with it. Because you know that P- one thing that Peter Jackson cares a lot about, and we talked about this on the Frighteners or before the Frighteners started when we were doing that is that whatever he's going to put out as release, it's going to be packed to the gills with good, goody, goodies. Just everything. He pioneered it. Yeah, he just, he just, he, like, so much so, and we, I don't know if I mentioned this on the last episode, that 
um, when the King Kong, I have King Kong on Blu-ray, but then I had, there was a King Kong DVD version that was a three disc set that did not have features that was on the Blu-ray, but it was only seven bucks. So I bought that as well because A, it had a cool statue of King Kong, but B, because I wanted the special features. I didn't, I, I didn't even buy it for the film. I bought it for the special features that I didn't have on the Kong set because I knew because he just packs these things with such love and care. So I'm like, okay, when I get these 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 Rings movies, I'm just going to – man, that's the time to revisit the, the Hobbits. And the thing is, what I've from what I've heard, they have sort of given uh, a once-over to all of the films to make them feel like one giant cohesive thing, like – in terms of updating the special effects and a little bit, you know, like up upscaling things. And, they fixed some of it in post, like even yeah. after release. <laughs> yeah, like fixing like just a ton of stuff and sort of really giving it a once over. Because remember, those Hobbit films ended, I don't even know when they ended, like 2015 or something. It's been a while. We never, 2014. Yeah. 2014. So we never got that box set. I mean, it's been it's been years. And the reason why is because probably at Weta, you know, he's like, I, I can't, I can't put out Brain Dead, Brain Dead, uh, Brain Dead, and uh, Meet the Feebles and Bad Taste because I'm too busy dealing with the extras on these discs, as I'm also dealing with They Shall Not Grow Old and blah 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 blah, blah and making Mortal Engines, which I never saw. Um, he didn't direct that though; he just produced. I think oh, he, he produced. produced it, yeah. What yeah. was the last thing that he did? That was a movie. They, they Tintin? shall not grow old, right? They shall not grow old. Well, he did the Beatles documentary too, right? I can't wait he didn't for that. Tintin. That was Spielberg. Oh, he didn't direct Tintin. That yeah. was Spielberg showing that he could still make a good Indiana Jones movie, but not making Indiana Jones. Um. Anyway, outside of that, I was gonna say, yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say what annoys me about the Hobbit movies breaking Peter Jackson is that I think if he still enjoyed that universe and he still wanted to touch it again. I think that guy could go back because he has all the raw materials and he could actually make the 90 minute movie that, he, you know, there's a 90 minute movie in there. That's awesome. That he shot. Yeah, absolutely. That could be, that could be re-edited and it could be released now that the studio doesn't have to have ticket sales or opening weekends or anything. Like he, I know he doesn't have an interest in touching this shit again because he never <laughs> wants to look at it, but it sucks that we can't get the Peter Jackson Hobbit edit the book edit or something. We you know? just, we, we just needed one three hour movie. No, you want to know something in the world of Snyder big, cuts. That's a kid's movie. It's not true. 90 minutes in, in a world of Snyder cuts. Anything is possible. You know what? In all honesty, what you're, right. what you're requesting, Bob, you're, I mean, they've already made it. Edit, one of the, the, Hob, the Hobbit animated film is perfect as it is. It so, is. The I Hobbit mean, is a Lord of the Rings. The Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings is superior to the animated Lord of the Rings. And the animated Hobbit is superior yes. to the Peter Jackson. Yeah. But yeah. you want to know something? The, the 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 version of what you want Peter Jackson to do, Peter Jackson's never gonna spend the time on it. No, however, you're gonna get a fan edit. There's gonna be someone's gonna do a fan edit. Oh, okay. There's already there's already film. Just like they re-edited Star Wars as well. But but it doesn't you know what I mean? Like you watch those things and as an editor too, I'm like, oh man, the They have no idea what they're doing. They're just chopping shit up. And plus it's not their fault sometimes. You can't cut sound like that. You You can't can't just take stuff that's already edited. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Edited and mixed and like mastered. Yeah, you can't do that. I'm saying Jackson has the raw material, so he's the only one that can truly make the, I've the always 90 dreamed. minute, two hour version. I've I mean, always from- dreamed of a prequel trilogy that like that gets rid of Phantom and then just one two hour film that combines Attack of the Clones. You just and- need one. You just need I don't one even movie. want Attack of the Clones in there, man. 
You yeah, just need Revenge, you just need Revenge of the Sith. So That's it. Revenge of the Sith is the only movie you Yeah, need. but you know where you stick it? You stick it after Empire Strikes Back. You find out that he's Darth Vader's uh, son, and then we flash back to how he became Darth Vader, and then boom, Return of the Jedi comes, end of story. Like, just, you know. I just, I think I, Disney or, or only... Star Wars is just three movies, really. <laughs> Or that. I mean, I'll go one further. For me, Lord of the Rings is my Star Wars. It's that that was my cultural moment. Was when those movies came out. Welcome to the show. (laughs) I I lived overseas for all when those movies were out. All three of them, and I lived and died by those movies. I saw each each one one? of them about all three of them. Lord of the Rings, the whole trilogy when that came out. I was in Korea, and I had no connection to this this place here. And those movies were my. That, that was my comfort blanket were those movies. They're and phenomenal I, movies. So that's like your trilogy. I'm ready to show that's them like, to my trilogy. My trilogy. I, I mean, I love Star Wars. The original trilogy is fine, but for me, it's Lord of the Rings. That's the end all be all for me. For I me, saw those back to the future. Mad Max. The all three of them. Mad Max, Road Warrior, Thunderdome. That's my Star Wars. Mine's back to the future. I mean, that, that was my Every time movie. you get to the end of Return of the King, I'm in tears on the floor every single time. I can't help it. Like, that's, that's it for me. I think it's the perfect ending to a trilogy. I, there's nothing better. For me, at least, I can watch and I can watch those extended editions like constantly. Yeah, like I have to tell myself to not watch them. Like, and I, I love the most nihilistic, transgressive shit, like <laughs> violence and just hopelessness. You know, like like the Rover and Irreversible and all that shit. I mean, you but, brought a genre film festival. You know, First, yeah, you put you on Return to of the King, and I am in tears. Okay, at, Nate, at I have to know. Nate, I have to know. Have you ever seen The Divide? Dude, that movie is just that movie. Okay, do you know what I would pair that movie with as a double feature? That movie is like the very definition of off-putting. Like I know, but what do you ask me? What I would pair that with for a double feature? What I, what you would pair that with a double feature? Okay, rent. So it's going to be something rent. that's not rent. like that. Rent. <laughs> rent. <laughs> no, no, no. It's thematic. It thematically works, dude. It is the anti-rent. Five hundred. I'm telling you, dude. I'm telling you, these two films are simpatico. They're so simpatico. One's happy, and one's sad, and they're just the same. They're very, very similar. You sound and, like me and, whenever and, I whenever I scream to the heavens that you sh- a double feature should be American Psycho and Secret to My Success. Oh my god, that's actually pretty good. It's. Yeah. A, I think it's an but incredibly are, good pairing. Yeah, but that like that's so much. Like, listen, I'm all about pairings. Like, for instance, I just watched a double feature. Blind, by the way, never seen either one of these films. I watched uh, Habit, Larry Fessenden's Habit, and The Addiction by Abel Ferreira. And both of them are thematically similar and made perfect sense in a double feature. It's They're both vampire films that take place in the 90s in New York and sort of have a metaphor where vampire, you know, vampirism and AIDS and stuff like that. And totally work. But I also think a great double feature is something that is just d- super dynamic. And the idea. I think that of, what I said was dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. what you said, yeah. what you said was dynamic. That, that's what I'm Psycho saying. It is can be like, either way. Like go either way. My success is the, is the, like the disease and American psycho is the, the symptom. You know what I mean? Like it, the whole thing is, is simpatico, but it's a terribly different views on what eighties business was about. <laughs> You know, that'd be another great game. It's just someone names a movie and the other two people or whoever has to come up with the best double feature to pair it with. I know. I'm just trying to think of that right now, actually. No no internet. Just use your brain. 
Um, just have by to the way, the... what about Stanley Kubrick's Encino Man? <laughs> it's called 2001 a space odyssey they already made oh it. Is shit that, what, what, year, what year did encino man come out was that 91 okay so okay so that's not uh 96 right what about um oh my god i'd love to talk about encino man what I just about watched it like two weeks ago <sighs> okay we already talked about biodome we talked about biodome already. i know and i don't and there's a movie that we don't agree on like i've i'm a huge fan so. I don't like that movie at all. I know. You I don't. don't I know. I'm, you a know like Shore. I'm a huge Pauly Shore fan. So. If you I watch like it today, Man, but that's about it. if you watch it today, it's not going to work. But if you grew up with it or if I, you connected with yeah. it in the 90s, you're going to like, appreciate it. I was one of those people who got sick of Pauly Shore on being on MTV and shit all the time. I just I was right. I was worn out by him. I was there for it. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> what about? Oh my god, I'm trying to think of something. Okay. Um, 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 really like playing this game. Give me something. All right, like oh, the quick well, and the dead. About, okay, have a movie. I was gonna Wait, say what? with Jeff, Jeff, and the, the quick and the dead. What would you pair the quick and the dead with? Oh, quick and the oh, dead. oh, oh, doing a pairing game. Uh, quick and the dead. Okay, that's a really interesting. Uh, wait, before we move to that, can I just say, yes, I would pair Encino Man with Altered States. Holy shit. Think about that for one second. Oh. Wow. Oh. Think about that shit for yes. one second. That's a good pull. Right? That's yes. a really good pull. Fucking incredible. I like it. I wow. like it. I like it. Um what what was the one that you uh, what was the one that you asked me? The Quick and the Dead. Okay, the Quick and the God, Dead. I love that movie. Can I just say how it much I love movie. that movie? Great, great movie. Holy shit, I love that. And by the way, Bruce uh, Sam Raimi's car is in that movie. He had the axle put on a wagon so that the classic is in that That's film so nice. as well. That's I want a shirt that says spotted owl can't be killed. <laughs> um, what would I pair that with? What would I pair that with uh, thematically or or the anti-theme of of the quick and the dead? Um, it has to be like show it's like something to do with showdowns, right? How oh, showdowns or like returns um, or like yeah. revenge but not like necessarily in the most literal sense okay okay i got it i got it um fucking hawkinson um stallone uh over the top over, over the, the top, top and quick, quick in the dead that kind of works yeah. <laughs> yeah and also it works yes. on a level of like one movie knows the tongue-in-cheek nature and one is completely unaware how You're ridiculous oblivious. it is <laughs> right yeah that's okay. good Okay. That's good. Um, all right. I'm going to give one to you, Nathan. What about um, like Mystic Pizza and Roadhouse? Okay. <laughs> I like that. That's pretty Okay. Good. Multiplicity with Michael Keaton and dot, dot, dot. This uh, is for both of you, whoever, whoever comes up with something. Enemy by Dennis Villeneuve. <laughs> oh my God. I was just wow. about to say Wow. That. That wow. Is, uh, yes. I, 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 I fully, I fully endorse that. God, fully, that fully endorse that. That's good. That is so good. That's good. Yeah. Okay. What about this? Ready? Here's another one. I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming in. Yes, that's right. Amy, the old Delta 88. You're absolutely right. Um, okay. What about this? Lost in space remake paired with dot, dot, dot. Oh, you're talk- we talking about the William Hurt Gary Oldman one? Yes. Yeah, which I, that. by the way, the CGI does not 
It's terrible. Work. It's the no, worst it's CGI awful. ever. It's so but bad. That yeah. movie. It's a great is, soundtrack. I like the techno no, soundtrack. That movie. That movie is fucking awesome, though. Like absolutely awesome. Oh, oh, oh. Prometheus. Ooh. Lost in space. Uh, yeah. With... Okay. Uh, I mean, also Event Rob- Horizon. Family Robinson. Two on the nose. Two on the nose. What about this? Event Horizon with. No, Event Horizon. I, uh, Event Horizon Lost would work better than, than Swiss Family Robinson. What about Bob? <laughs> um, okay. What about That's... Bob? Is it's got to have a good double feature because it's almost a horror movie. Cable Guy. Cable. Well, yeah, that. But that almost feels same like, movie. Same, same movie. movie. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. Dumb and Dumber. No. Dumb and Dumber. Uh... <laughs> What about I almost this? want to say, like, how about Dumb and Dumber? This isn't as, like, crazy, but Dumb and Dumber with Rocky. Because Rocky himself is not smart. It's like a, he's a yeah, character but who's I, not of intelligence. You're you're pairing it by character. I feel like that doesn't, it's, no, it doesn't work. I don't think that works. Because okay. the movie is about, it's that's an underdog movie. It, even if he's not a totally. Yeah, you're right. Okay. okay. What, about, what about Bob with unknown, of unknown origin? Oh, wow. Or, wait. What about Bob with single white female? Yes. There you go. Pleasantville, Pleasantville, and Dark City. Ooh, that's a good one. Does that kind of work? I'm, that kind I'm, of works. Yeah. Kind of works. Dark City and Pleasantville. Richie Rich and There Will Be Blood. Yes! Holy shit. Holy shit. Yes. Yes. See, that, that, that right there. Programming. That freaking works. Okay. All right, going on that tip, going on that tip. Ready? Uh, Boogie Nights and 13 going on 30. Hitch. Orgasmo. No. Um, oh, Orgasmo. Yeah, Orgasmo, Orgasmo would work. Orgasmo is basically Boogie Nights, right? Yeah. It's like kind of the same thing. Um, 13 going on 30. <laughs> Did you say that? Yeah. <laughs> I guess they kind of... What about... Thirteen going on thirty is a curse movie, so think of like a a curse movie. Trading places. Going on 30 and the Wolfman. <laughs> yeah. Like the... Um Trading Places. And um now that wouldn't that wouldn't work. <laughs> I love how there's nine people watching us go, um, um yeah, <laughs> well uh, amen. Uh, hold on. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Vampires kiss and the madness of King George. Okay. <laughs> okay. How about? Okay, we've got to. Let's think of some Nicolas Cage. Let's get some Cage going on here. Oh, face wait. off. I was gonna say face off in Trading Places. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my God! How did we not say that? <laughs> How did that not come up? I don't know, but that's so fucking brilliant. <laughs> fucking face off and trading places. places. Yes. Yes. I oh love it. God. I love that. Con love Air that. and the Shawshank Redemption. Con Air and the Shawshank. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Con Air and the Shawshank Redemption. That's really good. That's really good. Um, Do you ever want to watch all the movies at once? Like, can you imagine that technology? You can watch like five movies at a time in your brain. 
That'd be pretty awesome. That would, I feel like I can do that with some of these. Okay, we got one from Walter White down in New Zealand. He says, Killing Zoe and Dog Day Afternoon. <laughs> Killing Zoe and Dog Day Afternoon. Yeah, that works. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. That's okay, good. okay, I got one. Devil's Advocate and Liar, Liar. Oh, good one. <laughs> that's good, man. That's good. Right? Holy shit, yeah, that's good. That's long, too. Do you know how long Devil's Advocate is? We realized this the other day. Two and a half hours. Two yeah. and a half hours long. It's a long fucking movie. You no, know, I know that movie gets shit on, but I think I find it highly watchable. It's really good. It's, it's great. really, really good. Yeah, but people shit on it. They really, there's a lot of people that hate that movie. They, you have to have the right that. mindset. It's You can't take that movie seriously. It's so much fun, though. It really is. It really is, yeah. That whole chewing. monologue at the end is just like, are you kidding chewing me? Chewing scenery out the ass. Okay, ready? Okay, here's one. Here's one, ready? Here's a movie, but I don't have a pair. You tell me. Suburban Commando and... <laughs> Suburban Commando, Commando and Coming to America. Oh, wow. I was like, wait, that's yeah, really that, random. No, that, yeah. Water, though. Yeah, that, that no, no, no. That works. That works. Yeah. Suburban Commando. And, I feel like there's a better one, but that I, I I'll take that for now. I really love Suburban, Suburban Commando. Commando. I haven't seen it in forever. I, I Suburban really want Commando to and Yojimbo. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord in heaven. Okay, okay. Rashomon. Rashomon and... Oh, vantage Point. <laughs> I mean, Rashomon is essentially its own genre, so it's really easy to kind of... Yeah. That's not... Suburban Commando. The Hidden hidden Fortress and Wing Commander. Oh, my God. (laughs) Something that's completely just... Ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay. Um, Okay. How about this? Uh, 90s teen comedies paired with cult midnight films. So like so, she's all that. I was about to say she's all that with or something like a metamorphosis movie, like The Fly or something. <laughs> right? Like you'll never guess the theme of this double feature. She's all that. Double feature. <laughs> oh my god! I, I would pay. I'd pay for the ticket of that. <laughs> I would pay to see that. Um, Tammy and the T Rex and Jurassic Park. I guess. I mean, yeah, right. A, eh. I th- well, I mean, bad. the teen movie should be more like Cotton Candy Bubblegum. I think. Okay, okay, okay. How about what's another '90s? Okay, how about okay? Well, this isn't a, a this is a horror film too. Okay, Disturbing Behavior. And well, would it be like Children of the Corn or? It's like my girl in the crying game. Um, okay, eraser head and look who's talking. I got it. I got it. Hold on, hold that. Just listen to me, right? Oh my god, the warriors, yeah, and bring it on. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, warriors, it's already been brought in. <laughs> Print it. Amy says disturbing behavior, behavior and clueless. clueless. Yeah, that's good. That could almost take place pairing. in the same universe. It could take right? place in the same universe. In somewhere away from Beverly Hills is that town where William Sandler has to say, "Hey, leave them kids alone." <laughs> um, Dude, disturbing behavior. Every time I think of that movie, I can smell the nineties. Like, uh, yeah, 
Flagpole like, Sita, Harvey Danger. Oh, oh my god. So good. So great. Um, okay, what about Spice World and Magical oh, dude. Mystery Tour? Spice World should be with nineteen eighties Dune. I mean, come on. <laughs> That's a hundred percent what needs to happen. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I know with it's dude. not dramatic, but <laughs> Spice, Spice World Spice? and the commitments or something. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Okay. That thing you do. That thing you do. That thing you do. Mm. No, that I don't. Man, do that's do. hard. That's really hard. That because it's a period piece in the nineties. Okay, American Werewolf in Paris oh. with Euro Trip. <laughs> oh. You know what? Okay, look. I'll defend the CGI is indefensible in Paris. I but like. Paris. I think it's. I think it's a I funny like movie. Tom Stern from Freaked uh, is responsible for it. I think the comedy is legitimate in that movie. I like Paris. I never. It's had not. A it's obviously it. not London. Nothing is. But, no, of know. course not. And that and Mouth by by Bush is on the soundtrack for that. Well, thanks for reminding like me of that. Your mouth. <laughs> your mouth. Your mouth. Nineteen ninety-seven, okay. baby. Nineteen ninety-seven, baby. Dead Man on Campus. Oh, great film. And leaving Las Vegas. Holy shit. <laughs> that just got dark real quick. Oh, my God. Um, okay. La Bamba. La Bamba with Lou Diamond Phillips and Six String Samurai. That's good. Cruel Intentions and Reversal of Fortune. Cool. <laughs> That's good. Okay. Um. Okay. Okay. Hold on. I got the fish called Wanda and can't hardly wait. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I love can't hardly wait. That is such a fun, wonderful comedy. It is a very. It's, I love it, it is. It still holds up too. It holds yeah. up so well, and I really do. I have that. Talk about a comfort blanket. When I put that on, I feel like I'm in the '90s, and it's such a comfort. It's such like a. How's it gonna be? Yeah, just third eye blind. Just the whole thing, man. It's just, Seth Green in that outfit, man. It's just great. It is, mm-hmm. you know, it is the what what John Hughes was for the '80s. That was for the '90s, even though it was like one film. You know what I mean? Like it just kind of was a John Hughes film in the '90s. Okay, this is dark, guys. This is dark. <laughs> oh, Invasion no. of the Body Snatchers. Yeah. And Love Potion Number Nine. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh, oh, oh. Uh, Mouse Hunt and the Ghost in the Darkness. You were speaking my language right there. That I, you is, understand okay. how much I love That's Mouse great. Hunt. That's great. I, I love, love Mouse Hunt, Hunt so written, much. Written by Adam Rifkin. Yep. Yeah. For a million dollars. What what a debut film, too. That movie looks like it was made by a 20-year veteran. Like like Gore Verbinski, that was his first film. Like that's I'm a insane. big fan of his too, to be honest with you. Do you know yeah. that he directed a no effects music video? Yes. I did not mind the Lone Ranger at all. I love the role. I love the role. I Lone think Ranger. there's a shorter edit in there. That's a better movie, but I, I don't mind it. Yeah. And John Carter of Mars Rango's is also a good movie. Amazing. Yeah. Rango's good. Yeah. Rango's yeah, the, ri- the ring remake is fucking great. What do you think like, of John Carter of Mars? Have you seen it? That's good. I love John Carter. of yeah, Mars. I thought it was really good. He didn't uh, a lot of these films, I think, got panned. Cool. I know, but Lone Ranger, 
John Carter's of Mars, these films are like universally panned movies, like that they're terrible. And like I watched well, them, I was like, what's the big deal? I these usually like great. movies that are universally panned though. So Yeah. It's That's kind of my people, thing. People follow trends and they 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 follow the news too much. Like in the nineties, you, you all the movie news was is this movie's over budget, this movie's gonna be a fucking bomb. Who's fucking who behind the right. scenes? Like fuck Nobody you, Waterworld rules. I don't care. Waterworld is a fucking <laughs> great movie, but yeah, to this day, right, Waterworld, Waterworld. To go. this day, people still say that movie sucks because it was a bomb and not because it was good it's, or bad. It's literally I judge people based on whether they like Waterworld or not. Jeff, like, I'm like, the Postman. Jeff, man. The Postman is a great movie too. Postman, thank that, you, that mate. Bomb. I fucking and love the Postman. It's just people don't understand. Just they don't they don't judge the movie he by literally its merit. brought the United what? States back with the mail. Is this this mm-hmm. might not be funny, but Waterworld Ford Lincoln Abyss. Mercury. The Abyss Ford Lincoln Mercury. What'd you say? I well, said it's not really good. a funny combination, but it's just good. Waterworld and the Abyss double feature. Mm, yeah. yeah, it's a good but what okay, let's let's find something that with Waterworld. What does Waterworld have in it? It's like what what's a road movie? Okay, give I me mean, a Waterworld road movie. is really a Mad Max take. It is. It yeah. is. Planes, China. trains, and automobiles and Waterworld. See that, that like something like that, like <laughs> d- like some real dynamic contrast in there that just makes it like re- like an absolute ridiculous double feature. Yeah. Um you've got I mean Waterworld, you got social commentary, you yeah. got slam bang action, you've got a guy drinking yep. his own piss, you've yep. got mutants. Oh, You've got a, a little girl with a map on her head. I mean, there's all kinds of fun. You got you got Dennis Hopper. Have you ever seen the TV <laughs> edit? Yes. No. I, I have. I, I have, have the. You have, I have, have the box TV. set. So the TV the edit is great because the TV edit reinserts the scene that shows that the smoker that drives the plane, the flies the plane, is Jack Black. Yeah. And he actually has a dialogue scene with Dennis Hopper, like really early in his career, that they cut out. They put it back in they the, put it back into the cut, edit. Yeah. In the Ulysses. I didn't cut know that was Jack Black my entire life until that DVD release. I didn't know Jack Black was flying the plane. Bro, he is Jack in... Black was very ubiquitous in the nineties and nobody realized until afterwards. He's in the he gets killed yeah, in he the gets killed in the jackal. One of my favorite movies of all time, Airborne. <laughs> Dude, oh my god oh my god <laughs> i have literally never met another person name drop airborne i fucking love this movie so it, much dude, my, i love it so fucking good uh <laughs> fish out of water in cincinnati he's a fucking skater he's got to skate the devil's backbone you got <laughs> seth green you got that fucking uh spanish dude i don't even know but you know there's he's a, like everything there's in the first awesome powers movie there is a callback to Airborne. He calls I love him Airborne Wiley. so fucking He calls much. Uh, Scott Evil Wiley, and it's the call. It's a call <laughs> Did back he? To his, yeah, it's a callback to his. Uh, the, Air, Seth Seth Green said it in an interview once. It was a callback to Airborne. They no one, made... no one ever would get that because no one. <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> no rollerblade, yo, that rollerblade <laughs> like scene, Air... in the botanical garden, is so fucking great. Like when I was a kid, the best double feature was Airborne and Gleaming the Cube. Like those were the two. <laughs> Airborne. What's the name of the main guy in Airborne? Mitchell Goosen. I am friends with him on Facebook. (laughs) Oh my god! (laughs) I am not even kidding. I don't know who runs the page, but they post like once a week in character as Mitchell Goosen. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what that is, but yeah. So yeah, I'm happy to find it. I'm happy you're an Airborne fan, Jeff. Oh, huge. I grew up on that movie, man. And, you know, for for I've been waiting for a fucking like like uh, vinegar syndrome or somebody 
to just drop, like put that yeah. shit out. I will. I'm gonna buy it up in two seconds. I man. think there's a bigger fan base than you assume because people like if you look up Airborne and stuff, there is like a very nice cult for it. So. And then, and then when he's gonna win, he stops and he picks up the dude and like brings him. And the poster is so great too. I'm looking at the poster right now. They're just Nathan, like you've all... seen Airborne, right? I don't know if we're talking about a movie you haven't yeah. seen. Yeah, yes, okay. I've seen it. I've seen it once. <laughs> yeah, Nathan's like, yes. I've yeah, guys, whatever. Airborne, I get it. What was that skateboard movie that came out in like the early 2000s? God, what the hell is it called? There's, I mean, there's, there haven't been that many skateboard movies. Um, you ever seen What's Up, Rockers? I've heard of it. That's Larry Clark. That's Larry yeah, Clark's Larry skateboard Clark. film, and it's really good. Really, I'm really good. I'm trying to think of skateboard movies. It's called, it's, grind. it's called Grind. Grind. That's grind. what it's called. I've never seen it. Yeah, that was a... That was during the new metal era. Does Police Academy <laughs> Four count as a skateboard movie? <laughs> Bob, I had no idea you were so well versed in just absolute like schlock and garbage. It's yeah, like man, what do you think? That's my soul. That's what I'm made of. I, it's my true center of my my life. You know who you may or may not know, and you should know him. He's he's in the you know Facebook Twitter sphere. His name's Kieran Fisher, and he just like it's so funny. Like Kieran's taste. He's, he's a writer and really, really awesome dude. And Kieran's taste is like every movie that everybody hates. Kieran just fucking finds the redeeming aspect in the film. And not, and not in like a cynical way or like not a, in like a, a cynical, contrarian way. No, right? not trying to be yeah. like against the grain, like just legitimately loves films that people hate because he just sees the good in them. And I well, love there, him there so are much limits. for that. There are limits to that. Like, I'm not going to go to bat for Battlefield Earth or something like that. I'm just Dude, not. But doing Nathan, that. here's the thing. I, I love Battlefield, Battlefield Earth. Earth. Yeah. I, it's not. It's terrible. I, it is. But I yeah, enjoy watching. There's no denying that it's not terrible. But it's yeah. there. There, watch, there are very few movies that will come on like TV that I will not watch. But very dude, few. But My, does that mean that I, I love the movie? So, no, not right now. I, I think him talk about leverage. We have to have leverage <laughs> over the man beasts. It's just like it's comedy. It's hilarious. My, so ever since I wanted to be a filmmaker, I've always said if I ever got like a big studio movie, and this was before the MCU existed, I always said my dream project was making a Howard the Duck movie, and that is specifically because of my love of Howard the Duck, the movie, <laughs> which is a widely hated movie, but I seriously yes. truly love it. I watched the fuck out of that movie in the nineties. Like right. that movie was on TV I mean, on she, all the time. And I watched he has it every time. A condom. It was on. He has a duck condom. It's right. kind of mm-hmm. crazy. As a kid, that that didn't register me as weird though, you know? Right. I didn't get it. it the the BCL yeah, aspect. The, the villain gets possessed and there's like a rape tentacle that comes out of his mouth. Yeah, right? it's like, like hentai and stuff. You know, <laughs> it reads you know different pro- <laughs> when you're older. It really does. Yeah, it does. You know what the problem really is? Does. I tried to revisit it and I just couldn't get through it. And I think it's part of it was the runtime. It's a really long fucking movie. It just, yeah, I, just was, I still enjoy it. Yeah. It takes on a, a new, me- a whole new meaning with Jeffrey Jones in that role too. Jeffrey oh yeah. Jones, yeah. I mean, that's the thing about Jeffrey Jones is that he's in so much stuff. I love uh, Yeah, it, it, it's, it hurts. It hurts. That one. It'd hurts. be one thing if he sucks, but he's like literally one of the best character actors of he's, all time. He's great, and dude. He's great I try to, I, I you, you try to parse out like how much you're willing to withstand to watch a movie, you know, and it's he's like on the very cusp of like he is. I can still stand it, but it's yeah, yeah. it's every mom time and, it shows mom up, and dad save the world. I love that movie, dude. I love it. Number one, movie. that is written the writers of Bill and Ted. 
So I, I mean, I didn't know that mm-hmm. when I was a kid, but I, that's no, a big, I like that movie. That's a big cheese movie that I love. That was like yeah. a, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind, you know what I didn't realize until recently. It's kind of like a Flash Gordon movie. It is. It really you is. Know? Look at the cover. It's just like basically There's Flash Gordon that came out in the late '80s and early '90s that I love, like Madhouse with Dude. John Larroquette. And Nathan, I am such a big fan of that movie. Oh Dude, my god! Like, like, okay, just just bear with me. Madhouse. Meet the Apple Gates. Oh, my meet, the Apple Gates. meet the Apple Gates. Meet the Apple Gates. That's from the director of uh, Heather's, right? Yeah. Yeah. Meet the Apple Gates. Bro, why do she, more people she love devil. that movie? She-Devil. She-Devil rules, yeah. She my devil. stepmother is an alien with Dan Aykroyd. Nope. I mean, those yeah. movies, I love those movies. That's when I was growing up. I watched those movies. That, like That's kind of what I... That's the type of movie that I assumed was actually filmmaking when I was, you know what I mean? Like to me, none of that seemed cheesy. That's just what movies were. That's the stuff that my parents would bring home. That was PG 13 that I could watch. And there's all those crazy comedies. It was a golden age. It was a golden age of video, like video store discovery, direct. I mean, I, dude, I was literally just when we were talking I, about I just bought the Blu-ray. I'm not even kidding. I'm not even stay, kidding. Stay you. tuned is a masterpiece. It's a we masterpiece. just watched Love that it. recently. Wayne's Chad Underworld. Found a, Chad found a used DVD at a bookstore. I was like, you have to buy that. Or Wait a minute. Who's the who's the de- is Jeffrey Jones the devil in that? Yes. Who's the, yes. the devil? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. It, I also forgot who's in funny. that movie. That's not it's also directed by Peter Himes, one of the greatest like yes. dual director DPs in, yep. in the history of cinema. Absolutely. Um, the guy that made 2010. Listen, end please of days. tell me that end of, you've I love End of Days. Man. End of Days is really Dude, Gabriel Byrne as the devil is amazing. It's awesome. Like, he's yeah. so it's evil so in that movie. Jericho, what's his name? Arnold Schwarzenegger's name is Jericho, Jericho Kane. Jericho Kane. Yes. What a name. <laughs> I just like the conceit of like, we've run out of stuff for Arnold to fight. Oh, wait, Satan. That you want to know so something? Good. That movie that he, oh, and The Sixth Day is really great as well. That is a super like dark movie. Super good, though. I have a huge problem with the villain's plot in that movie. That bothers the fucking shit out of me. What was... He wants to live forever, but he's just cloning himself. He's just cloning That's himself. Not... That's not right. living forever. You can't transfer your consciousness into a clone. That's not also living you can he put was the that bad guy the... in uh, Ghost. Yeah, that guy. Tony Goldwyn. Yeah, yeah. Also yeah. the bad guy in Belco Experiment. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. A, that was a good little movie. I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah it's, it's really when he dark. came back from politics and he did the, the Last Stand is a really solid action flick. Really I like one of my favorite it. directors, Kim Ji Woon. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good no, movie. It's a really Johnny Knoxville and Schwarzenegger together finally. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Like you know. Um wait, but what we were talking about. Did you ever girl... see Maggie? Maggie was a good movie. Yeah, yeah. I think you know, yeah, Schwarzenegger's a good actor. People don't want Maggie to admit didn't, it. Maggie yeah. didn't work for me, man. There I really didn't work out, but his performance was good. His performance was good because yeah. he for the first time he's going, Look, I can actually do serious mm-hmm. dramatic work. And you know what I found out about him? And I've I, I don't remember where I read this. His accent is actually – he has a very, very, like, plain American accent. Like a – like, he does that – what he does in his films, he amps that up because that's part of his brand. And that mm-hmm. if you hear him in his private life speak in his, in a voice when he's not, like, on, that he – like has no accent anymore. Well, he's like, been he's here. He's his... also been here for like forty-five years, right? Like his, his story is off. incredible. He has yeah. an incredible story. Like he would. Do you, you know what's crazy about Arnold Schwarzenegger? He was a millionaire before he even made the Terminator, and it didn't come from acting. It's it from came bodybuilding. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, not from bodybuilding, from uh, investing in impart- in apartment buildings. Really? Yeah, he took that money and he became like a real estate guy. His first million dollars came from he invested in a he bought an apartment building. He like renovated it himself. Like his money, did, like obviously his money comes from being a movie star, but like when he when he made his first money, he is like the ultimate Im- immigrant story. Really is really he, is unbelievable. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Bill Burr, but he does a great little. I was about to bring that up. Bob. Yeah, he does a great snippet <laughs> on why he's a great man, and it's really funny because like Where, is that on all, YouTube? Yeah, yeah. You just look up Bill Burr, and uh, I forget what. Just look up Bill Burr on Schwarzenegger because he gives he he runs down like how like people were t- saying his all his credibility was lost because of the thing with the maid, which you know did suck, and he's a piece of shit for doing it. But he was like, he's like. How many of you could like do the things he's done? Then he lists everything Schwarzenegger has accomplished in his life. He's like, he moved to a dis- different country. He became famous for bodybuilding. Right. Then he became famous for acting, even though no one can understand what he says. And then he marries in. Then he marries a Kennedy, the and, be- and then yeah. becomes uh, the governor of California. And then he's like, how many of you could move to you know Austria and do the same thing? You could. It's like he, I have I have <laughs> such I have such respect for him and Stallone too. Yeah, both two guys who just really made it from nothing and oh, just like came up. You I know? could bring it full circle for us to like a wrap up double. Yeah. Feature. Oh my god, this is not supposed to go so long. What the I fuck? I know. Wrap up double <laughs> feature, the perfect double feature: Austin yeah. Powers and Demolition Man. Austin Powers and Demolition Man. It's almost is the, the same plot. Feature. It's almost the same plot. It's almost a remake for fuck's sake. Do you guys remember going <laughs> yeah. to see? Did you guys- did you guys go to see Austin Powers in the theater? Oh yeah, absolutely. Did you remember? Jeff, are you, you all right? <laughs> I'm Did just so amazed. I, I'm just so blown away. Demolition Man and Austin fucking Powers, bro. It's the bro. same plot. It's, it's the, the same plot. Fucking same plot. It's the same. Holy plot. shit, that's great. Yeah. Sorry, Nate. Wow. Sorry, Nathan. Yeah. So, who is Simon Phoenix and Austin Powers? Is it uh, Elizabeth Hurley? It's- no, it's Doctor Evil. The, it's the, Doctor Evil. I the hero yeah, yeah, gets yeah. frozen, and then later, you know, the villain comes back, and the only way to stop the villain is to unfreeze the hero that stopped him originally. Demolition Man is such a good fucking movie. I'm just saying, it fucking rules, man. That whole yeah. period, Schwarzenegger's early '90s, when he did Cliffhanger, Demolition Man, Infallible, Daylight, and Daylight to Good Night. The Specialist is a great film. I like I Specialist. I even like Assassin's. I even like my mom. Stop for my mom. And Assassin's too. Those, I mean, four four awesome movies. Rhinestone, Judge Dredd. <laughs> yes, and <laughs> Judge Dredd. Did you know Christian Slater was supposed to be the Antonio Banderas role in Assassins originally? He turned it oh, down. Wow. That's how Antonio Banderas got that the role. Been, that would have been. That would have been. He worked. did. He did Broken Arrow instead of Assassins. I'm that. I'm very glad that happened because Broken Arrow yeah. is. Just and again, we talked about the that theme you you, you in the in the chat in the, and I'll tell you something. You know what really pissed me off about the end of Scream Three? Why the fuck? Why the Other than fuck? It's not a very good movie. <laughs> no, Scream Three is actually really really good, and I have a lot right. of reasons to back this up. Because James got a bobber in it. it. <laughs> because, no, 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 no. Two reasons. Two reasons. Okay, hold on. Okay, but the Scream universe takes place in the Viewers universe too. That's insane to me. I know that is insane. Like, like I love that they that's literally true. exist in the same. I time love that line. that's true. But <laughs> yeah. but here's the thing: two things. One, when she fucking looks back at that gate and the fact that Dewey's fucking theme doesn't play, I was like, I was like, what the fuck? Like this is just like the like how do you not end the Scream movies with that? Because at the time that was the end of the Scream movies. So here's the thing. 
the Scream 3 has a lot of problematic elements in it. It just, you know, there, there's there's structural flaws. There's all sorts of, there's tonal things. There, It's definitely the weakest of the original three films. It goes, for me, they go in order. It's one, two, three, and four. The However, three I disagree. Is, I didn't, I didn't I care four. who the killer was in part three. That's the problem I had with three. It was yeah. a fun movie to watch, the kills and everything. Yeah. But at no point during that movie, I was like, I wonder who the killer is. I didn't care. To find out. Okay. Whereas in the first two, I was like, who's the killer? I, I will give you, Nathan, I will give you that. It does, it does, the, I didn't care, really care much for who, or I, I wasn't, it was inconsequential who the killer was. However, when I found out the killer and the killer's motivations, it sort of was like that, it was sort of like an Emperor Palpatine thing in the new Star Wars trilogy, you know, like it was kind of like well, that doesn't it, make me like it. It no. made me. It made me. <laughs> it makes me like it less. No, 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 no. It it closed. It closed the loop for me, and it just made me. It just made me happy that she has a happy ending. That she ultimately, you know, because here's the thing too. They also bring back the 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 the, the whole thing. The Scream Three is a ghost story as well, and her mother is a ghost that haunts her, and so she needs to deal with the things that her mother never resolved in order for her to be free of the insanity and the stuff that she's been dealing with her whole life. She like closes herself off. She becomes a crisis counselor whatever, blah, 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 blah. I don't know. I have a whole video essay about this, and I'm telling you, Scream 3 is good. It's a really good movie. They should have had that Dewey theme. I, per, I I love 4. I can't believe you like it more than 4. I, I hate 4 with four. such a vigorous – I hate it. I hate it, hate it, hate I, it. I don't, however, I don't care for 3 or 4. However, however, here is – okay, here's my pitch for Laurie Strode, Last Action Hero. Ready? I'm going to do this, and then we've got to close this up because we're about to hit three hours. Ready? <laughs> I'm closing this up. Here's my – this is my like pitch. It. I know yeah, it doesn't, doesn't feel like it. This is effortless for me. Okay, ready? Ready? It's – this is my rewrite of Halloween 2018. Laurie Strode. Okay, none of, nothing happens after the first Halloween. There's None of the sequels happen, right? Laurie Strode writes a book called The Babysitter Murders or something. She becomes super famous. She starts doing – book tours she's doing these book tours with like tommy doyle the little boy like it's like a whole thing like it's a whole media circus or whatever they decide taking a page from kevin smith's jay and silent bob strike back they decide <laughs> they no just follow me on this follow I, me i'm on just this. laughing because the... you, you go go you cut to the the sanitarium where michael myers has been for 40 years catatonic and he sees on the front page he sees laurie strode and that she has this book and that she is going – that they're, they've made a movie about Halloween, about the babysitter murders or whatever. And this enrages Michael Myers. He snaps out of his catatonic state or whatever, just like in Halloween 2018. He rips up the paper. He escapes. He heads out to Hollywood where they're having the premiere at the Chinese Man Theater. And he's like stalking around L.A. He sees William Shatner and he – beheads him and rips off his face and wears it as the mask because he recognizes it as the closest thing to what his mask was back in 1978. So he puts it on, right? And then he goes to the premiere and it basically turns into the third act of Last Action Hero a little bit where fucking um, 
Michael Myers is stalking around. Everybody thinks that it's like the in-movie Michael Myers, but it's really the real Michael Myers. And then he kills Tommy Doyle. And when she finds Tommy Doyle dead, fucking Jamie Lee Curtis goes all H2O on his ass, like Halloween H2O. It's like, all right, Michael, let's face off. They fight each other in Chinese man theater as it's set on fire and burning. And Inglorious Bastards, the little bit yes, too. just like Inglorious <laughs> Bastards, exactly. And that's my that's my Halloween. That's how I would do. Halloween it's also a bit, a little bit of New Nightmare in there too. Yes, that's how I would do. Yeah. And you totally. And I'm so serious oh, about the New Shatner Nightmare. thing because yeah. Shatner's face would age along with the Michael Myers mask, so he would be like putting on an aged version of Michael Myers mask. And I mean, it would look like a mess. You realize that, right? Like. <laughs> You can't just rip off somebody's <laughs> skin off their head and it look okay. That would yeah. uh, that would make it. You know, you know what he does. He rips off William Shatner's face and then he spray paints it white. Yeah, and put some shellac on it. Yeah, and Jamie Lee Curtis has got to get a Spock mask and turn it inside out or whatever. Oh my god! Yes. And then they she battle. The killer. They and, battle. But I gotta say, to, to close out the tra- yeah. the trailer for Wes Craven's New Nightmare when that came out, that trailer scared the shit out of me. I was like. Oh my! That whole scene where the where That's the animatronic hand comes to life, I was like, I don't want to watch this movie because it looks too fucking scary. Like, like it, oh, the horror is about us, right? Yes. Yeah, but the horror. Yeah. But but here's the thing. The, but what also makes it so scary and, and speaks to what Nate is talking about is that the horror, almost the horror transcends the movies. The movies in in New Nightmare, the movies are just movies. And this is the horror coming out of those movies and therefore makes you feel unsafe because you're like, whoa, this isn't our our creative ego or id is the the real monster. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's the best one. It's the best. In the Mouth of Madness and New Nightmare. I don't think it's the best one, but it is. I think it's the best one. But yes. But. One, we three, and I need to pitch. I'm closing, guys. I'm closing yeah. this out. This was so much fun. This is great. Yeah, Chris, it. I'm sorry. I, we talked about zombies for as long as possible. It just, you know, <laughs> we did our thing. I'm available anytime for you, baby. Yeah, I'll do it. You let me know. Let's do. Let's let's figure out when it's not crazy. Let's do another show like this, like separate. Like we'll call it something and we'll just do it. Just movie jambalaya, movie movie. <laughs> hanging out. Yeah, no, that's just exactly out, what basically. it's called. No. I like it. Movie, movie jambalaya. jambalaya. Until we think of a better name, it's movie, movie jambalaya. Goulash. Yeah. No, movie jambalaya. That's really good. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Because you know what I think of when I think of jambalaya? I think about the fact that they put way too much paprika on Pierce Brosnan's jambalaya in, in Mrs. Mrs. Doubtfire <laughs> because he is allergic. <laughs> Sorry. Much paprika. Don't make me laugh. Oh I gotta God. pee. All right. That movie is really sad. We have a nice way. way of closing. We say peace and hair <laughs> grease. Check out Nathan at Lugenhosen. <laughs> What's your fucking? Head? I'll put it in the comments. I'll put it in the you description. Can, yeah, you find me on Twitter. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. just type in my name. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm at Thundergrunt Bob on yeah. Twitter or IG, and the link for all my shit is on the profile. So subscribe, guys. Make sure you subscribe. Yeah. Follow Genre Blast. Peace and hair grease. <laughs>